What's up, y'all? It's the fourth quarter. It's a new month. And what better way to start it than to come and join us at EYL University? Yes, the fourth quarter is where star players make a name for themselves. So come and join the number one roster. EYL University is the biggest platform for business in the universe. We have over 70 past classes, weekly classes. We have a private investment group on Facebook, which gives you access to our movie club, our book club. We also have bi-weekly real estate calls with MG, the mortgage guy, and monthly financial advising calls with none other than yours truly. (laughs) So head over to EYLUniversity.com right now and enter promo code EYL for 40% off of our annual membership. That's right. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Head over. We'll see you on the other side. Going, what's going on? What's man? up, man? Happy Monday. How y'all feeling? Can't complain. How about you, man? What's a good word? Man, happy to be able to have this conversation on video since we'll be talking for two hours on the phone. Oh, you already know the vibes. <laughs> Absolutely. Back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, y'all spoke on the phone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. checking in. I got to check in with everybody, man. Make sure everybody. My mom always told me you keep the good people close. So I stick by that mantra. There it is, That's man. That's a big I like thing. that. Yeah. I like that, That's man. My mom told me, so I live by that one. It's a special day. Ian got the. All black satin. Mm. Looks like you're about to get married, man. <laughs> Let's what's get the, what's, married. What's the, what's the bottle price of land truth, man? <laughs> the bottle price of truth. <laughs> That's funny. You got the shark fade and all that. Mike, yo. Yeah, trade hover for yeah. real. Yeah, it's over. Yo, shout out to Ian, man. Break Ian. my little wave. My yo. Little wave. <laughs> yo, Ian is a special yeah. dude, man. And he t- every day he's going to text you, how y'all feeling, man? Just as a reminder, let you know that. Yo, I got you, man. So I'm going to let you know publicly that I appreciate that, man, for real. I appreciate that, too. And I appreciate y'all for being solid. And uh, when you said you and Q were talking on the phone for two or three hours, I was like, mm, I told you, bro. <laughs> We'd be 90 minutes in and hadn't got to the main thing we wanted to talk well, about yet. It'd be seven main things. I said, yo, lock out a calendar if you got to talk to Q. There's no five-minute conversations. Nah, nah. We got to get, get it all on the plate, man. It's too much, too much going on. Yeah, man. But welcome, everybody. Welcome, everybody, to... Market Mondays. Um, today is today is a very special show. Obviously, it's a lot going on. Um, the election True. is tomorrow. We're gonna talk about that. So hopefully, you know, everybody gets a chance to vote whatever way you you know want to vote. Independent, Republican, Democrat, whatever you want to do. Kanye West, if you want to vote, write him in. Right, right, right in ballot. Right I was gonna put That's Kanye fun. up tonight, and I was like, I don't want to confuse him. Right in ballot. <laughs> Got my vote. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, you know, make sure you do that. And um, of course, we have a guest. We have a guest. So he made a he made a brief uh, surprise appearance yeah. when we had Budgetista a few weeks ago. But now this is his, this is his official. It's like um, he was featured on the album, like on the <laughs> like untitled. But um, now we're going we're going through the proper rollout. So Quinn, if you if you are a loyal Earn Your Leisure supporter, you know that you know ever since Market Mondays came about, we haven't really done anything with Earn Your Leisure really too much with um the the platform, the show, like with yeah. stocks and stuff like that, because that's yeah. been reserved for Market Mondays for the most part. But um. So, so I say that to say, we only had three guests that That's ever it. talked about stock market on, on out of 107 episodes. Tomorrow will be 107 mm-hmm. episodes. So out of those 107 episodes, we only had three <laughs> that talked about the stock market. 
And the first, the first of the trilogy, number fifteen, was yeah. Quentin. Yeah, number fifteen. He kicked it off for us. He kicked the door open, and then of course Wall Street Trapper followed after that. And then Ian was the show closer. The show closer. <laughs> <laughs> after me, there will be none. Yeah. After, after Listen, me, there will be none. I told you I was listening to Trap interview. Like it was a URL battle. <laughs> I have no clue where I can angle in. He was killing with the slow flow. Yeah, that part talking about his daughter's account. I'm like, oh, he took my Xander point. <laughs> what I'm gonna do? But yeah, yeah. shout Great out to Trap. Actually, I think I think he's in here. Someone, I think he's in. Um, shout out to Trap. I, I just spoke to him two minutes shout ago. Out <laughs> shout crazy. out to Trap. So, so yeah, Quentin. Um, as I said, he's he was original guest that talked about the stock market. Extremely, extremely knowledgeable guy. We grew up together. We played basketball rivals against each other. And I used to see, always see him in the gym and we would just be talking for like hours about the stock market. He works on Wall Street, working on Wall Street for a long time. And, um, you know, he at that time, I used to post a lot about investing and he used to always have a contrarian of view. He All, used the to, time. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> he used to be like, nah, but you didn't consider this. And well, if this comes and that's going to be not true and da 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 da, we used to go back and forth. So <laughs> I'm like, yo, you should come on on the show and yeah. talk about stocks. So he came on and it's been great history ever since. So, you know, it's always great. It's always a pleasure for us to get people that actually like do this for a living, work in the field full time with their hands on the actual post. Um, and Q fits that mode. That's what he does. And he's been doing it for a long time. So we're excited to have this conversation. So first yeah. and foremost, um, Thank you. And a lot has changed since you did your podcast as far as our, our headquarters. Look a little different. Yeah, no, no, no. It's an upgrade. Yeah, no, nah, y'all upgraded it a lot. It's looking nice in here. Yeah, I feel the, comfortable with my shoulders moving. Uh, <laughs> the, the beauty, the beauty of, of having people in your neighborhood do great, great things is like, yo, you could just call them. Like, I'm like, you, you gonna do it at your house? You come in here like 10 minutes ago. He's like, I, I'll come over. And he's here. Like, that that's the beauty of it. Like we tell you all the time, like, you don't have to look up, man. Look across. The people right next to you can definitely be part of your team and definitely can take you to where you want to go. So always look across first. Yeah. So we're going to jump right into it. Before we start, it's a big week for Earn Your Leisure. Of course, we got Market Mondays today. Tomorrow, we got my boy Nacho, Nacho. out of B-more. Um, <laughs> that's a legendary story. I can't wait for people to actually oh hear his gosh. story. From $60 to six figures, um, just a, a true inspiration. <laughs> Yo, true, that kid is special. A true inspiration, man. And uh, for anybody that had to overcome adversity in their life, that's for you, man. You're going to appreciate that. One of the good things about Earn Your Leisure is that we get to build storylines. And when uh, Derek Falcon, shout out to Derek, when yep. he, when he, I put that clip on Instagram the other day when he was like, you know, the 20 year old entrepreneur selling nachos and y'all throw him to the wolves. That's what he was talking about. Oh, man, killer. Nacho <laughs> banger, killer. Yeah. So uh, it's crazy that, you know, that came full circle and he actually came on the podcast and told his story. And uh, it's a dope story, man. You know, growing up six years old on the street. Yeah. Like literally grew Go up figure on, it out. Yeah, he grew up on the street. No parents. At six years old, he was on the street. And um now he's an entrepreneur doing his thing. Ghost restaurants. We talk about ghost restaurants. Yep. Yeah. No, no formal education, Zero. no training, no nothing. Just figured it out straight out of, I believe he's out of East Baltimore. So yeah, um got a few mentors. Yeah, shout out, shout out to Nacho, man. I'm real proud of that. I'm real proud of that young man, yeah, man. If, if you've ever seen his Instagram page, it's straight comedy, man. This, this guy's an entrepreneur, but he loves life. And I, I love watching his energy, man. Yeah. He's a dope dude. Yeah, for sure. And then, of course, Wednesday, we got a class on um, international investing, mm. Ghana, how to mm. invest in real estate in Ghana. That's a big one. We got a lot of earners from uh, Canada, from the UK. And they always say, like, you know, can we have more content? So this is for all international Americans that want to invest in international. And I feel like Ghana has really separated themselves and become like 
the the shining light in Africa, at least for tourism, at least for African Americans, like because everybody wants to go to Ghana. Definitely like, over the past, they've done years. so much to increase tourism and to make themselves a, a just a a shining light in Africa. So um, it's fitting that the first international real estate um, class that we have is about Ghana. So if you're in America, if you're in Canada, if you're in the Caribbean, if you're in London. And you think about investing in, in Africa. We always talk about all this all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we got to go back to Africa, invest in Africa. How? How do you do that? <laughs> this is how we, we going to show. Here's how. <laughs> here's how. So you can't say that you, you haven't been informed. So um, that's on Wednesday, EYL University. That's a big one. And um, we're going to keep the ball rolling, man. So if you want to join EYL University, I'll put the link in. We got the code uh, EYL for 40% off for the rest of the month. And um, we'd love to have you. Ian, what's going on, brother? I'm good. Happy to be here. Um, Q, you know, I got a, a thousand questions lined up for you. So but I'm space <laughs> out yeah. my Oprah moments. <laughs> you know, so we, we're gonna do our rotation. We got Ian uh, Smiley tonight. Who we got tonight? We got Ian Winfrey tonight. Oh, Ian Winfrey tonight. <laughs> All right. Can I can I do the disclaimer real quick? Ian, and I'm gonna pass it to you. All right, here we go. So you know how this works, man. Do your own research. Our content is intended to be used and must be used for informational purposes only. It is very important to do your own analysis before making any investment based on your own personal circumstances. You should take independent financial advice from a professional in connection with or independently research and verify any information that you find on our show and wish to rely upon, whether for the purpose of making an investment decision or otherwise. This is a message from the good folks at Earn Your Leisure. Yes. Do your homework. Please. Ian Winfrey. All right, Ian, you have the floor. I want to share screen and then we'll dive into the questions for my guy. All my Red Panda family, please put Red Panda in chat. I love you guys dearly. It's yours. Thank you. Let me know if you can see my screen. Shout out to all the pandas in here. I see see a bunch of joints. I love y'all dearly. If you can see me, let me know. We'll go. Shout out to the Graham for verifying us. Long overdue. You heard that sound? <laughs> uh, can you see me? No, we good. Yeah, we, we good, we, man. We can see it. Okay. So, of course, everyone is wondering, and happy Monday to everyone. Um, but today's talk is going to be about having an unwavering resolve in your plan. Um, but of course, if you want the easiest and fastest way to know which companies to buy, where to get in. Uh, of course, investing has considerable risks. Please consult your advisor, especially if Rashad is your advisor. He will agree with my analysis of the market. <laughs> um, but join the stock club and you can go to joinredpanda.com and Rashad can put the link in bio. Yeah, just put, but, it, in. Just put it in right now. Um, I didn't know how to start, so I'm going to just start from a place of honesty. Um, man, last week, uh, one of my friends, a good family friend of mine, got sentenced to 15 years. And at a bunch of times this year, um, I've told you guys to check in with me if you need to help and check on your family and friends. And um, for those of you that have ever lost somebody to the prison system, you know it feels like a death when it happens. So for any of you that are going through uh, tough times and you're thinking about risking your life, opposed to you risking your life, please ask me for help. I'd rather help you now while you're free than me helping you um, while you're behind the wall. So um, I'm begging you, put the pride to the side. 
if you ever need anything, please reach out to us so we can help you. Please don't put your life <clears throat> in jeopardy and tell my uh, loved ones behind walls. I love you dearly. So that's that. Um, everyone has their mind on the election. And I'll take you back to a conversation that I had with my dad. And I talked about it here briefly, but after the night after, day after 2016, I was like, hey, what do we do? Um, what's the plan? And he was like, your plan for 2016 through 2020 has to be what your same plan was. Don't deviate. Your thing is investing. And this was before it was popular for everybody black to be an investment. So I was like, okay, great. He was like, follow your plan. Don't deviate. So I think a lot of people are concerned. What do we do if Trump wins? What do we do if Biden wins? And your plan, if it's a solid one, should remain the same. I'm going to be very honest with you. The top companies that are going to remain dominant over the next decade, they have invested their money on both sides. This is how the game is played. So um, whether you like tech, uh, consumer indexes, uh, excuse me, consumer discretionary, all of the big boys have invested on both sides. We'll go into much more detail later today or later tonight about what your plan should be going forward. But I want to go back to my point that I made earlier. Bishop, How much different? Bishop and Juice. <laughs> yeah. Whew, that's the Gumby. Rest in peace to Tupac. That's a fact. But how much different would things have been for everyone if this information was spread like this in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s? I think it would have had a, I argue, especially to everybody who lives in Chicago, I think the violence in Chicago would cease. Also in East St. Louis, New York, I think the violence would have been dramatically different because there would have been a sense of hope and also there would have been monetary gain there. So it's important that we spread this word to our friends, families, uh, cousins, those that we love, so we can keep them out of situations that are not most beneficial for them. So my vision is by the end of our lifetimes that this program teaches 2 billion people how to invest in the market so they never have to put their lives on the line and be behind our wall. So I appreciate you guys for being a part of this mission. Um, but I want you to answer this in chat. What will be your plan going forward? What will be your plan going forward? So here are the top seven mistakes that investors make. This is regardless of what's happening in the geopolitical climate. Right. So you can't control who's in office unless you're a lobbyist or part of a super PAC, but you can control how you invest, what you invest in, what you intake and how you execute. So number one, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but not buying quality companies is the biggest mistake that people make. Number two, the thing that I'm seeing the most that is the most disturbing you're going to look back in six years or five years and be like, damn, I should have listened to you, Troy, Rashad, and Q. I had a good play and I held it for six months instead of five years. Not holding is the, one of the biggest mistakes that you'll make, especially coming out of this era and riding it into 2025 or 2030. Number three. This is not 1950. We keep having these conversations. Is it fundamentals or technicals? It's both. It's both. According to where the economy is, the Dow should be at 10,000. The Dow, ES, are still doing relatively well. Uh, tech is overinflated, of course, but they shot up like crazy. And I'm going to show you a chart that later that is a prime example 
of how overinflated we are. And at the same time, you have to take advantage of what's in front of you. Because if you just try to time the market solely off of fundamentals, we saw this with earnings with Apple. Apple beat earnings and fell four minutes later mm -hmm. to the downside. So it's not if you have great, uh, <clears throat> if, you, if your earnings are great, that you're always going to go up. And you guys have seen the opposite. Like companies have missed earnings and then shot up because the earnings miss wasn't as bad as the projection. Number four, please stop buying at a high. I don't care how hot it is. I don't care how many people are talking about it in Discord and Instagram. And I'll give you the exact calculation. I'm going to tap into my Bonowin vibes later and give you the exact calculation to stay away from. But stop buying at a high. Number five, falling for the hype of a non-revenue generating company. Rest in peace, Nicola and Hertz. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how many times we have to tell you, it's no good. P.O.S. Hall of Fame, right? Dead. dead. It is dead. I'm going to use the is this time. Number six, trading too much instead of actually investing. Um, I used to have a conversation with a guy that I, I knew in the past, and he was like, well, if you do well enough in trading, you shouldn't even need to long-term invest. And my thing was, okay, but if something happens to you, if you die, you get sick, you then won't be able to produce returns. You want the business to make money regardless if you're, if you're in it or not. And also, you can't teach your kids how to trade at the same proficiency if you're a great trader because the hunger that you have to escape poverty is not there if they have already been living and life is going well for them. You have to do both. And number seven, it's one of the biggest mistakes, not researching what the outcome of your asset allocation is going to be. You guys need to go online and pull up an asset allocation calculator and look back on the past five or 10 years and with your portfolio that you're picking, you should have an average expectation to know what it's going to be. I know this all this is feeling that the market is mystical and no one knows what it's going to do. That's a lie. They told you at 630 this morning the Dow was going to go up 400 points. And guess what it did? Went up 400 points. All this technology, they know where the market is going to go. So please know before you invest in Tesla, and if you pair that with XLK and VTI, and if you also pair that with G, just because you don't want to listen to Ford, what the outcome is going to be. For my traders, the biggest mistakes that you make, and I'll keep this simple because I talk about this every day in the trading world, but not knowing what target you're going to use every single day. Type in chat what your percentage-based outcome is going to be for every trade that you take. Two, trading at the wrong times. Three, having to search for what to trade. I'm going to give you a quick secret. You should trade the same few things every single day. So if you're a commodities trader, trade commodities. If you're index trader, index trader, trade that. If you trade natural grass or crude, trade that. But you should not be scanning and looking for new things to trade all the time. And then number four, the one thing that no one wants to hear is most traders take too many trades per year. So I got this out the amazing EYL group and I took your name out because I don't want the whole world blowing you up, right? But look at this. When you actually checked your fees, this queen was paying 4% in fees added and it's unnecessary. Now, 4% to some does not seem like a lot, but if you look over 15 years, that's 60% in additional fees that are not necessary. So please type in yes if you have done a check on your 401k or any of your retirement 
And if you had a consult with Rashad, he's already walked you through this process. <laughs> um, Eric, kudos to you. The VIX is important because Ooh. the VIX has hit 47, 12 key times since 1987. Your homework for tonight is I want you to tell me next week, and if you find it tonight, great. What is the average return on investment in the indexes after VIX goes to 46? So here's a little lesson for you. You can take the average of each time, divide it by 12, bond and win vibes, and then <laughs> it'll be able to tell you how far the market is going to go up from the time that it hits 47. You have to plan for disaster before it reaches your doorstep. So when VIX hit 41 the other day, everyone panicked, like, what are we going to do? I'm like, you should already know how far it's going to retrace based off of those levels. For my commodities bugs that tell me that we don't cover commodities enough, look at this right here. Commodities are at a opportune time because of COVID. So when I tell you guys, go look at every asset class, even international. So you, if you look at the Nikkei, Bovespa, there, there are opportunities there that you could potentially take advantage of, but you need to look at the commodities across the board to see which ones that are lows and that can go up as a result. They, those opportunities are there and most people are not talking about them or thinking about it. And things are going to get better in 2021 for a couple of reasons, but this is one of the main ones. Azim, thank you for this heads up. Private equity has $2.7 trillion waiting to be deployed. Now, housing inventory is only about two and a half months. So we may have a little bit of a slight dip there, not a full crash and then commercial. But when they start deploying capital, as a result, it's gonna push the market up as well. But I wanna remind you, I want you to long-term invest first, then trade. I know trading is sexier, but some of you are gonna look up in three years and, and even like, let's be honest, type yes in chat if you lost trades this year in, tra uh, in trading, that if you would have just bought the actual asset, you would have been better off. Please put yes in chat. And this is the main reason why I'm going to tell you not to worry about what happens tomorrow. I want you to look at this graph. Azim, I appreciate you. Look what happens even if we have a split government, what the average return is. Everybody type in chat 13.11%. And Zoom and YouTube. Look at these numbers here. And with the Republican president, 9.53%. Democrat, we can see what the numbers are. So historically, Democrats have pushed the market up a little bit more and GDP has been better, but taxes have been higher. They kind of wash each other out. Regardless of who, who is president, the market is still going to go up the same 8 to 12%. But there isn't that much to worry about. These next couple of days will be crazy, but when January comes, you guys, you guys don't care. But going back to fundamentals, some of you have asked, what do I look for? I appreciate this, uh, this lobby through me earlier, but I'm looking at revenue. And if you can guess in, in chat what company this is, and it's obvious, I'll be happy to cash up you $100 tonight. I'm looking at revenue, net income, cost of goods sold, and gross profit. This lets me know how well a company is doing. This lets me know. Now you can dig deep and go 20 columns deep, but these are the main four. I want to see a company with good revenue, good net income. It doesn't cost that much to move those goods and they have good gross profit 
as a result. And I know you guys are probably going to break Zoom in a second, because but I'll be sure to cash up you. Um, because <laughs> you know they're gonna be emailing Troy at 12 30. Ian said he was going, oh, I got you guys. Leave Janet alone. <laughs> how okay? many times, right, Ian? <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on. Um, how to avoid a bull trap. So when a market runs up, and then all of a sudden you see people that are better that are worse investors than you, they caught a great move, and we all get FOMO. <clears throat> how can you avoid getting caught in this trap? I want you to stay away from one to nine percent from the high. Mark off 10% and 20% down from wherever that high is. And even if you're not using technicals, that will give you an idea of where to get in. Sometimes the stock could be at 50 bucks and you guys are buying it at 48 and you're like, hey, what do you think? I'm like, it's going to slide down. We have to give it room to breathe. No matter, even Tesla, Tesla had a great run up and then you can see it pulled back. Apple, same thing. We were debating about that earlier. Yep. The price always comes down if you wait for it. And check this out. This is the great example of like why indexing works and also shows why the market is being artificially inflated. This is the Zimbabwe Industrial Index. This looks like Tesla. (laughs) (laughs) I will give you $500 in cash app without Googling if you can name me two companies in the Zimbabwe Industrial Index. You can't, but they also benefited from all the quantitative easing. The market is not fair. The market is rigged to stay up. Quantitative easing, like we talked about in episode 70, is that lever that pushes it up. It's straight up. This is like a tech company. There are some tech companies that have more value in them alone than the GDP of like, but this goes to show you, you cannot fight what happens on the chart. And you have to follow direction at all times. And we touched it briefly on, a, on an overall plan. So I want to tell you guys from a high level what you should be looking to execute. Year to year, you should be only looking to, to, be, to do maybe four to eight positions long term that you want to hold, not 60. You don't need to make your own mutual fund. There's plenty of them out there. You want to do a maximum of 24 swing trades per year. So yes, that includes your options and futures together. Your future swing trades, you should be in for two to three weeks. You can determine how long you want to be in your options. But in combination, you want to do 24. And then on an intraday basis, you want to look to do 60 intraday trades per year. You want to take off risk. And I'll ask Q this. This is a pro. I'll ask Rashad this later. I don't know many traders that unless they have algorithms in place that are successful at taking six, 700 trades a year. Especially on the retail side, it does not happen. And once again, everyone's going to ask, when will the market recover? The market is recovering right now. But I want you to look at this. This is why it's important to look at the long-term chart. So this purple line here is a good old S&P 500. This beautiful orange right here is NASDAQ. And as great as tech is, look at the gains in comparison over the lifetime of that asset class. I've been arguing for years that the Dow is dead because the way it's weighted. So S&P first, that's why they refer to that as the market, then NASDAQ. That's the reason why I say indexes first and then NASDAQ. What will be your homework assignment for tonight? I want you to go look at this in the Asian market and see which one has done better historically over time and over the last five year period as well. All the signs 
are hidden in plain sight for you. So I, I would wrap up so we can get my guy on so we can we'll go back and forth. But um, how do you achieve consistency in investing? I think this is a great question. The best way to do it is automation. Stop thinking. Because if you are automatically getting in, whether you call it dollar cost averaging uh, or edging in every month, you are going to do much better than if you wait. Because let, let's be very honest. When Apple reached certain levels and went in the hundreds, people who swore to me that they would get it at 105 was like, I don't know. Maybe it'll go to 87. I'm like, what happened to the hundreds? With automation, that will take some of that away. With TD Ameritrade, you can only automate mutual funds. But like we talked about in prior episodes, if you go to Vanguard, you can do indexes there. What are your thoughts on QQQJ? So this is Triple Q Junior. I don't like it. Don't like it. I know it's cheaper, but it takes the top 100 through 200. Don't leave it alone. If you can't afford the regular Qs, leave it alone. Find another index. But I don't like QQQJ. It's too new at this moment. Don't touch it. And my question of the week for you is you have all the information that you need. My honest question for you is what is stopping you from sticking to your plan? I need you to put this in Zoom. I appreciate you guys showing up every week and showing out for us. But man, if you just bought a couple of indexes and a couple of good tech companies, you would be a okay. I don't want you guys to learn so much that you forget to execute. So please type in chat, what is stopping you from executing your plan so we can know how to better help you. And that's it. Thank you guys so much. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Ian's standing ovation. Standing yeah. ovation. Every time Ian gives a presentation, I feel like I'm back in school. Glorious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, man, that's that's worth thousands of dollars. He just he just put out thousands of dollars a game for free. Like that's worth a lot. Um, especially how you eloquently broke everything down for everybody. I mean, um, you pick my brain in a sense. Like that's the stuff I think about every day. So I yeah. really feel like somehow, like me and you text each other at the same time. It's weird. Like we have the same. Yeah, it's crazy. Movie. <laughs> but like yeah. you literally just read my mind well how you broke everything down and i've been having conversations about the market with friends and different things and telling them exactly what you just laid out for them so that's dope there you have appreciate it. that dearly impressive there, there you have it that very very impressive very impressive so all right let's get into it uh shout out to everybody on youtube yeah um if you can hit the like button greatly appreciate it 4500 people want to check in that's that's dope everyone dope. hit like please that's yeah, for sure. So, all right. So um, let's start off with a political situation because obviously the election is tomorrow. And um, I put a post on Earning Leisure today and kind of got a lot of comments. I just, you know, I just, I, I like, I like to talk about politics. I'm a, I'm a registered independent. So I don't, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't have any, any, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I'm, a, I'm an independent. I can go, you know, whoever has the best ideas, whoever's offering the best solutions. That's, that's, that's the type of vibe that I'm on. But it was interesting. Uh, Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Before that post, I put that um, the Joe Biden campaign received like almost three times as much money as um, Donald Trump's campaign from Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Like Wall Street has been pouring money into um, Joe Biden's campaign. So some people might find that interesting because they're like, usually you equate like Wall Street with Republicans and they're thinking like, well, why, is, why, why would Wall Street want to put money in Joe Biden's pockets when he's going to raise taxes? But it's interesting because Wall Street usually favors Democrats. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they supported Hillary Clinton. They supported um, Barack Obama. Um, so if you go back through history, a lot of, like, especially like over the last 30 years, most presidential candidates um, got more money from Wall Street, the Democrats did, than, than the Republicans. And um, I mean, there's a variety of different reasons why that, why that goes. Um, I mean, social issues, liberal, but also the stock market usually does better. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a fact. Like yeah. I said, I'm not a Democrat, so I'm yeah. not like it's not like I'm advocating for them. But I mean, it's just a fact. The stock market usually does better during Democratic presidencies than mm-hmm. Republican presidencies. And even with this whole tax thing, it's like, yeah, Democrats like to raise taxes, but nobody's really paying their true tax rate anyway. So it's always loopholes. There's always ways around it. There's always ways to, to cut back on taxes. So they're not really tripping oh, completely so, off of that. Some of us. <laughs> well, those guys yeah, for sure. So I started off Q. Yeah, you working on Wall Street, you you know being around the environment. Um, what's your thoughts on 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 that as far as like the the election tomorrow and how do you think it's going to play out with the market and why does Wall Street usually favor Democrats over Republicans? Um. I mean, I think like like Ian said, we're in for a wild ride for this week. You're gonna see a lot of volatility in the market because there's a lot of jostling and then you have a lot of nervous money in the market moving around. Um, I think it's all specific to the candidates. So like my take might be a little bit left field in a sense, but I take it like this. You look at America and what's America? America is basically the source of the best people from other places. Like everybody is not from here if that makes sense. Like we're all immigrants to some standpoint and we're great at recruiting. America is the Kentucky of the world. We're great at recruiting the best talent mm-hmm. and that comes relationships, right? And if for all these companies, I want you to think about this and something I had a conversation about is that when you see Alibaba, you see China. When you see TikTok, you see China. When you see Facebook, you see Facebook. When you see Apple, you see Apple. Yeah, they can't stand next to the president because it's going to bring their sales and their prices down. And it actually voids certain relationships as far as what we do overseas or internationally. I think Wall Street sees that and goes, hey, we need to make sure internationally that everybody's on the same page and the same accord. And I think the money comes in because they see the future of where we're going. And they see that, you know, you start looking at like cloud computing and you start looking at uh, say in America here, infrastructure and industrials and things that that actually move money, like that we're actually spending on output. So I think that they, we see that in the industry and we go, I may not agree with everything this guy's doing, but I know he can shake hands and smile. And that's going to mean a lot more in the next four years than a guy that's very combative and can be kind of childish, let's say, to keep my eye. Uh, 
My word is nice. Yeah. Can you raise his audio? Yeah. Is that better? Yeah, it's saying his audio up. Switch, you want to switch your yeah. mic? Hold on. All right. I'm sitting there. Just try to. I'll just switch it. Yeah, I'll, I'll fix it. Yeah. Cute. Um, how do you how, how do you feel about that, Ian? Uh, of course, the market loves um, peace. So when you don't have a bunch of volatility and you know you can predict what the outcome will be, um, Terry just said it is diplomacy. So regardless, even with the hedge funds giving Biden more money and giving Hillary more money, they're going to finance both sides. If Trump calls Tim Cook to the office tomorrow, if he wins. Tim Cook is going to go. As liberal as he may be, they're going to play the game. So you have to be aware of that. But when you have civil unrest, the economy is down. It's in everyone's best interest for things to go up. And then you want a candidate who will give you the highest probability of um, making that a reality. Because people forget under Obama's tenure, part of the reason why quantitative easing worked so well was, was the diplomacy amongst other countries. If you have a bunch of infighting, it's really hard for some of our best companies to grow at two and three hundred percent, and then we're dependent in some areas upon China. So it's very, very key. Yeah. So like I said, I think that's super important because we're looking at these mega cap companies and the growth, right? And how do they grow? And how do you get more revenue? And you have to expand. And how do you expand? You're expanding to other countries, right? There's a fight over India. Why they don't have a middle class? So when they finally develop their middle class, who's giving them their products, what companies are there, who's, you know, who's making money off this middle class. And so that jostling means a lot in the future. And it's things that we may not take today because a lot of times as a people, we kind of look at like right now, we don't look at like in four or five years. And that's mm -hmm. why it's kind of hard for people to invest long term because there's so many people in a rush to be long term investors, which is like kind of like ironic because what are you rushing for? Mm -hmm. But a president that brings volatility is not good long-term for the market. Now, all these things we're doing, we have to pay back, right? That bill is going to come due. Yes. But at least with a guy like Biden in office, I know I have a six to 12 month play to get whatever money or whatever play I want to put in place and not can move accordingly. I like that the market loves stability. The market does not like instability. They don't like erraticness. They don't like things that are going to cause an uprising. And I think that's why you normally see some of that go towards the Democrats when it comes to giving money, because they can see that, all right, this is going to be stable. We know what's coming. We can prepare for the taxes. And those things really, really help moving forward. So I got a question for both you guys, right? And I'm glad you brought up the S&P, because I was actually going to email you this um, earlier, Ian. So, I, you know, I, I've heard the statistics, November, right? Since we're in a new month, November is traditionally one of the best months to start investing, right? And so I, I did some research and I went into the, the Stock Traders Almanac and it says um, the S&P on average gained 1.6% in November since 1950. And even in election years, it gained 1.5% on average. So my question to both of you guys really is like, are those statistics, do you think they hold up or is this is such a wild ride? 2020 is so chaotic that this might be the, the outlier in that in the S&P. Uh, I'll let you go first. Um. I think it holds up. I think that uh, the market kind of tells us, right? It's a cyclical thing. And that's why a lot of these things kind of come back and it goes up and down. It's the same thing. And I think Ian said it before, like stocks go up, stocks go down. And you've seen the same things over and over again. Um, so I like to stay on pace with what's going to happen until there's a serious outlier. And I think a lot of things are going to stay in place. I think it's really about being patient. The patient investor wins because you're taking your time and you're seeing the whole floor. You're not just moving off of emotion or for flow. 
um, a lot of times you'll end up disappointed. So I think that number stays, um, even though there is a high level of ragness in the market mm-hmm. and there's a high level of, well, what's going to happen? Who's going to win? If they win, all these questions. And I think it's also heightened, right? It's heightened from what we went through in the summertime. It's heightened from the George Floyd situation. It's heightened from all these things that we can see now. Mm-hmm. So there's an emotional unrest attached to this volatility. Normally, you would just get market volatility and, and people in the market kind of just brush it off. But now everybody's invested, right? This is an emotional, like this presidential uh, situation feels like it's taken five years. Right? Everybody, <laughs> everybody yeah. I saw Twitter put out that they put out a tweet. Everybody breathe. Like, <laughs> it's it almost just, over. <laughs> it feels like it's been so long. And so I think we all kind of have to take a deep breath. And I rely on stability of numbers and what the market has done historically until that changes. I'm going to rely on that as my baseline uh, moving forward. I was looking at the market right now. You guys probably heard me tapping like crazy. S&P 500 opened up at 3260. We're currently at 331450. The SPY opened up at $330.20. We are at we're at flat right now. We're probably going to end up 1% because once we have a clear president and once all the votes are in, everyone's going to go Okay, I know what to do now. Tell me at home, when you invest your money, do you like stability or do you like insane volatility and not to know what the outcome is going to be? So no different than, you know, you like you guys don't want to get finessed at home if you buy a product and they don't deliver. It's the same thing. You want stability. So when everything is clear, then it's like now there's going to be an ease to be able to put money in the market and then everything is going to go back up. But if we look at the ES future right now, it's up 0.41% right now. And it's after hours. Mm-hmm. We're going to get that one percent break. Um, yeah. You know, you no know, problem. the the part that was like it puzzled me. It was like because obviously they got the statistic, but what was leading it was the financial sector, mm-hmm. and right after that was industrials. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, the financial sector is taking a hit this year. Mm-hmm. Does that change in November? So I was just like, eh, I don't know. Well, if you if you think about this, right, what's the one thing that kind of leads our economy is people spending money? Mm-hmm. And then what's the one thing that we kind of hang our hat on? If we get a Democratic president, we're going to get this monumental stimulus bill. People are going to get this all this money, right? And if that happens, we get this $10 trillion or whatever it is, right? That means rates go up. And if rates go up, that means banks do a lot better than they have been. Yes. You know, start looking at like balance sheets. They've been doing well. They've been doing a lot better. A lot of things that they call flag for was people having PTSD from 2008. Mm-hmm. Right. And so now that we can see, OK, if we get this, whether it's this year, February, January, that's going to mean we're going to get a rate rising. That means that banks would be a lot more profitable and become a little bit sexier. Right. Same thing with the uh, stimulus package. That means we're going to get an industrial stimulus package. We by basically, if you think about this from from an infrastructure standpoint, comparable to other world powers, we're kind of behind. Like when when I look at like China, Europe, Russia, like say, for example, and I'm a nerd. I like to go on YouTube and watch videos of like high speed rail. I'm just infatuated because you can get from one place to another, like in Europe, I can get from London to Paris in in two and a half hours. I can live in Brussels and work in Paris. It's an hour and a half train ride. So I started thinking about America. I go, well, why can't I get from DC to New York in an hour and 20 Mm -hmm. minutes and why this not not opened up, right? And so infrastructure wise is gonna be a way that a president can hang his pen and say, okay, what'd you do in your four years? Well, I changed infrastructure, roads, 
right? Things that we needed yeah. to be fixed that we didn't fix because we cut taxes. When you cut taxes, there's no money for infrastructure. And it's started to go privatized. There's privatized rail that goes from West Palm Beach to Miami. There's a privatized rail that Richard Branson and Virgin are working on that's going to go from LA to Vegas. There's one that they're almost finished on that's going to go from San Antonio to Houston an hour and a half. And there's one they're working on from Seattle to Portland. That's important because that's dollars to work, right? All those private equity dollars got to go somewhere. It can't just go to real estate and there's different ideas flowing. So I think you see industrials, you see financials because we're banking on a stimulus package and then we're banking on the fact that that money in the package is going to go to industrials and then rates are going to go up because banks are going to be more profitable. Yeah. I do have a follow-up for you. Go ahead, Rashad. No, go ahead, go ahead. Um, so you do research on the fun side. I want to know, like, what are the catalysts you're looking for in your research that makes you say, hey, this is a good company. We should probably either trade this or begin to hold this long term. Um, I think it goes back to what you said, right? Like it goes back to the revenues. You look at the company, you look at, okay, what are they doing? Um, when you look at like this earnings period, you had, what was it? 273 earnings beats, right? And then 246 sales beats. You look at that. You look at the, you, like you look at the balance sheet. A lot of this stuff isn't hardcore. Now, if you're discussing what an analyst looks at. So an analyst, there's two different things, right? So the analyst is very similar to, let's say an artist on a record label. Right. And so the way that they have a rollout, we'll have a rollout, we'll call it marketing and we market the analysts and the analysts will look at something and say, I'm going to look at it from the fundamental side. I'm going to look at it from the quantitative side. I'm going to look at it from the technical side. And then you're going to come out with two things. You're going to come out with either a stock pitch because we've evaluated and said, okay, there is 50% of gains here that the market is not accounting for. Right. So we're looking for something that the market's not talking about that you think, or we think that, that will make the stock move and it's undervalued or vice versa. Um, example, case in point to me, Apple, right? And everybody loves the phones and they love the Macs. And they love the fact they're doing chips. The one thing that they're not talking about from this last rollout was the iPod home or the, uh, yeah, the, the home, right? So it's not yep. the home mini. The home mini is $99. If I have an Apple watch and an iPhone and an, an Alexa, you know what happens on the holidays? Mm-hmm. Buy Alexa. Yeah. Bring the mini. We're not talking about that. That could be a catalyst for the stock to do well when they report earnings because no one's talking about that. Same thing with Walmart. When you look at Walmart and you look at the Walmart Plus, they could hit a higher level of subscriber numbers or member numbers than thought about, right? And so you look for things like that, and then you get into the technical, you get into the quantitative, you get into the fundamental analysis, and the stock pitch will be something that's going to be really, really hardcore where the analyst is going to market that out, or it's going to be a softer version, which is an equity research report, which is going to lay out these thoughts, but not in an aggressive manner. So as you're kind of scanning the market, right, and you're having conversations, whether it be with traders, so you have different traders, so you have your equity sales traders, you have your cash traders, you have your electronic traders, you have your derivative guys, right? And everybody has thoughts and they're seeing different things. So mm -hmm. I might come to you and say, hey, what are you seeing out there? Hey, Troy, what, what, what are you guys talking about? Hey, Rashad, what are you seeing? And so from there, that's one part of it. We also talk to clients, right? And clients are asking questions. So when we do a non-deal roadshow, let's say, uh, you know, Microsoft comes to town and they say, hey, we're in town for these three days and we'll set up meetings. The analyst is going with them. So when he's sitting in meetings with uh, Newberger Berman and Lord Abbott and, uh, you know, 
other, say, hedge funds, he's listening to what the hedge funds and what the long onlys are asking. What are they interested in? Why are they asking these questions? So part of that thesis is going to be a, the sum of many different parts um, that allow him to kind of say, hey, this is what we're doing, right? And then as a team, we gather around that and you're going to get, get, get a push towards what the idea is going to be. That makes sense. So, so if they beat Ernest 273 times out of how many times are you extrapolating that? Because that's... No, no. What, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is like this past earnings, right? The companies are reporting. Oh, okay. You had okay. 273 beats, right? And so, like, you, you, okay. you were talking about prior. You're like, yo, yeah. How can like, for example, Microsoft had the cleanest earnings, mm -hmm. the cleanest earnings, and then went down. And it's like, what, <laughs> what, 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 what do you want? Like, what yeah. do you want from a company? Was it iPhone sales <laughs> down 16 percent? iPhone sales were down, but that's because they released the joints late and they couldn't put the new ones in oh, there. Right, so you right, can't right. get fooled by that number. Yeah. Right. And even if they miss iPhones, we are, we're in a position to get a super cycle. So it's like, yo, you're still it's almost like being a Yankee fan. And it's like, yo, you have Aaron Judge and then you got Stanton and you got all these guys. Right. A home run's gonna somebody's in the home run. So it's lined up for Apple to hit a home run, whether it's gonna be this quarter and next quarter, quarter. quarter. It's they're yeah. lined up perfectly. Yeah. And so you can't sometimes get caught up in that because you have to look deeper and say, okay, well, why'd they miss? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, and inside those numbers too, yeah. it was like people forgot that, yo, the the MacBook sales went up, right? The iPad sales <laughs> went up. Those things are products that yeah. they are selling. If yeah. people look, if you really looked at it, right? When you looked at the the iPhone sales going down. I mean, it's kind of obvious, right? If somebody's telling you, oh, we have new technology inside of a phone, we're going 5G in the next one, how many people are going to be buying the old one, right? And the fact that they got pushed back, like it usually releases in September, they couldn't, put, I mean, it's not out yet. Like you still yeah. are doing pre-orders now, so. Yeah. But then they the, also, they also didn't, didn't somebody said that in YouTube, they, that's actually true. They didn't provide guidance. I was going there. So that was, that was, that was right, next so, thing, so okay, important that, to that. that. But that's more of like, Some, somebody, somebody said, is he biased because he's wearing an eye watch? No, 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 no. Yo, no, I'm paying attention to details. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing, you don't, all right, you it, reporting your future guidance is like a nice thing to do. You don't have to do it, right? And sometimes you're, you're actually giving yourself the death kneel by doing it because either you report too high and then you miss it or you report too low and they feel like you're sandbagging. In this environment, I wouldn't report future. For what? I know yeah. the next two or three quarters I'm going to win. I know who's on my team. I know what I have. So you're at my beck and call. And then at the end of the day, the stock has run up. How much was it? 50 something percent. So it's not like they need the extra push. And for long-term investors, you're like, yo, this is a buying opportunity right now. Like you're in a grace period, right? Where people need to stop trying to time the market. I get a lot of questions like, yo, yo, the market's down 900, but I think I can wait one more day. <laughs> yo, I think it's good. I can like, finesse the market. Yeah. I can finesse yeah. the market. Like, no, you cannot finesse the market. Yo, if you walk in, yo, people, this happens all the time, right? You go to the mall. I want a pair of jeans. You walk in. It's buy one, get one free or buy one, get one half off. Let's say that. You buy two pairs of jeans. You show up, man, I had to, yo, it was buy, it was buy one, get one half off. I couldn't miss a sale. But you'll look at the stock market, watch the market be down 900 on a smooth Friday where you could just come in and swoop in and grab, you know, 10, 100, whatever, how many shares. And then five years from now, you can look back and laugh and be like, yo, I can't believe yo, the market was bugging. Yeah. Yo, they were wilding. But you won't do that. That's a mindset, right? That's a rocks in your backpack. Yeah, but that's part of it too. It's yeah. like you you miss that day, but you got to have your plan in place, right? Yeah. So if I know if it hits my number, like I think Ian, we, we were talking about Apple today. I was like, yo, yeah. it just hit his 100 day moving average. I'm like, all right, well, that was one of my numbers that I want to get at. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So like I had the plan before what 
happened, transpired. Let me let me just jump in. With, uh, yeah, first, it. I want to say shout out to everybody on YouTube. We almost have 5,000. Let's hit the like button. Let's run it up. Um, Q, like button, this, this, this is this is really, really good info, man. I don't want y'all to take that for granted. Like, I remember I met Q at uh, his office and uh, we went to lunch. So our office, I just realized that our office was like two blocks away. I didn't know for yeah. a long time. So we was in the city before Corona and we went out to um, like a coffee shop around the corner and um, the guys in the coffee shop, they went and let him pay. They're like, Q, what's up, guy? <laughs> <laughs> it was like, um, what was that movie um, with Eddie Murphy? Trading Places? No, Boomerang. Oh, Remember, yeah, like, yeah, that's, yeah, how yeah. They, that's how they was treating him because he was like the black guy that made it. So he's, he's Marcus. <laughs> yeah, 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 He was like the black yeah. guy that made it and they were just so happy to see him, to see somebody, I'm assuming in my brain, Somebody black that was, you know, cool down to earth and they could relate to and they like, Yo, what's up, bro? Da, 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 da. So I say that to say this is this is extremely valuable information, man, from somebody that does it for a living. So I appreciate it. I got a question. Um, last time you was here, you was talking about the strategy of looking at ETFs and yeah. like picking the top. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So like I said, what I subscribe to is the satellite theory. Right. And so the people that put together these ETFs, they're way smarter than me. And they come up with what their top 10 holdings are, right? So let's, for example, let's take QQQ just because it's on my mind and my name starts with Q. You look at the top 10 holdings, right? It's Apple, it's uh, Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook, both shares of Google, I think NVIDIA, Adobe, PayPal. I'm almost positive. Um, That's what it is. And Tesla. Tesla's in there. Tesla's like number five, right? And so these guys have made this allocation for a reason. I think it makes up something roughly around 56 or 58% of the portfolio. Again, don't quote me, but significant chunk of it. So if I bought QQQ and I got exposure to it and I believe in the portfolio, now is a time where I look in the top 10 holdings or even in the actual holdings, sometimes based on price, everybody can't afford different things. I want to own some of those companies because the guys who are smarter than me put them together to make money. They didn't put those portfolios together to lose money. So for example, if I own Apple and Microsoft and I own QQQ, what that allows me to do is in that portfolio of the NASDAQ 100, you're going to get some of the laggards. You're going to get some of the losers who are going to drag performance. Apple and Microsoft at the top for a reason. They are bellwethers at what they do. They make money, right? And so if I own those as stocks and I own QQQ, I'm going to gain some of that upside that I lost from the laggards and it allows me to invest in premium companies. I want to invest in premium companies because premium companies buy me time. What do I mean? If you jumped in the market and you bought DraftKings, you're sick right now. <laughs> you are sick right now. Why? Because when things get tight, luxury items go. Right. That is a luxury item. That is not a staple or a bellwether. So when I look at my portfolio, I want premium. Premium buys me time. I can never get time back. Time is irreplaceable. So now I don't have to watch my portfolio. My money's over there. Now I'm looking for my next pivot. Where am I investing my profits? When I get some money, where am I putting this money at? I'm now allowed to do research and figure out, okay, what's my next play, right? And let's say sports, for example. I always think about sports. 
people love Jordan, but don't work hard. I never understood that. Like, yo, yeah, I love Mike, me. but like you don't work hard. So it's like, yo, how could you love Mike? And every time you argue about LeBron, yo, but you had the killer instinct, but you don't have the killer instinct, my friend. <laughs> so why do you love it? Right. And on. Tom Brady is in year 35. And he's not going to retire. He's going to be 55 years old. Just taking what the defense gives them. Uh-huh. When you get in the market, just take what the market gives you. If the market gives me XLY, and that's my way of getting exposure to Amazon, well, that's 22% of the portfolio. Then I look at the top 10, I go, okay, so you got, you're going to give me Amazon, you're going to give me Home Depot, Lowe's, uh, McDonald's, Starbucks, Nike, Dollar General, Bookings, Target, and I think TJ Maxx is Yo, the top bro, 10. Like, can we just talk about how impressive that is? Because in my head, I'm running them off like he going to miss one. Yo, you didn't miss one. Yo, listen, man. That's so why I do. <laughs> yo, that yo, is crazy. Love the process. Yo, oh, that this is, is what crazy, I but, do. Yo, he but, didn't miss one. So, like, if you're thinking about that, right, it's like I would own all those companies independently. And so if you're going to say that makes up 68.32% of the portfolio, again, don't quote me, but I think it's 68.3, somewhere around there, right? I don't care about the other 32%, but it's still, there's just Chipotle in there and there's some other stuff that's great, mm-hmm. right? But yep. I get to own that. It gives me a reason to go own some Nike stock when mm-hmm. I have some money or to go own some McDonald's or some Home Depot. All these companies made money through COVID. What do you think they're going to do when this is over? 18 months from now, when this is in our, in our rearview mirror and these guys have been stacking cash, and these guys have been making money through a pandemic. What do you think they're going to do after? It's about positioning and boxing out. I played ball growing up, right? You need inside position to get the rebound. Right now is your inside position to get the rebound. But you have to stick to your fundamentals. And if you don't, you're going to lose. It's not about being smart or not being smart. It's about opportunity costs, right? So if I go to the vending machine and I'm hungry and something costs a dollar and I'm like, all right, well, if it don't taste good, never had it before, uh, I'll get it. It's a dollar. If I don't like it, I'll throw it out. But if it costs $5, now we got to think about it. Cause I'm not about to spend $5 or something that I don't know how it tastes, right? And it goes to the market. The people who bought Zoom in January and February, they may have not been smarter than you or more intelligent. They just have more money to take more risk and take more mm-hmm. costs. As a retail investor, you don't have that luxury. So you need to get in the form of, let me take my profits and gamble, not let me take my base and gamble. So the, I bring up the DraftKings thing because it ran, right? It went from like 16 all the way to like 62, 62, right? Yep. And I know mad people, oh, yo, it's the next big thing and this is going to happen, blah, blah, blah. You know anybody that brought DraftKings? Who would do, who in their right mind would do that? <laughs> yo, I already told you, man. <laughs> I got, I, I'm in a great was a trade. <laughs> is it? Yeah. But it's it's more so I bring it up more so because there's there are people who buy at fifty, yeah, there are people who buy at fifty two, <laughs> right? Thinking that the stock market will only go up and not realizing that okay, yes, there will be legalized gambling. Yes, these things are going to happen. Yes, they have significant market share. Right. Yes, there's a lot of positives, but it is a luxury item in the stock market. And when bills get tight, we got to cut them luxuries, mm-hmm. right? When money gets tight, ain't no more eating out. We're gonna make do what we got in the crib. So I think people need to, when you start to formulate your thoughts, formulate your thoughts on, okay, let me look at ETFs, quality ETFs that make sense, that have great returns. Check the one year, the three year, the five year, the performance, right? Check the expense ratio is an expensive ETF, right? We like Vanguard. Why? It's a passive ETF, low expense ratios. Now, if you jump into an ARC, that's going to be more expensive. It's an actively traded ETF. But again, 
what's in that top 10 holdings? What's in the overall holdings? What am I investing in? And then what do I like? Like cloud, for example, right? Like mm. I like, I oh, was a CLOU, yep. love that ETF. Why? Because there's companies in the top 10 that I would own outright. So if I cannot afford to own those companies, let me go get some of that at 26 or 25 or $28 yeah. a share until I can afford to own some of those companies that are in there independently. You know, there's a guy who's sitting at the table who, who uh, told his friends to invest in cloud in August. None of them listen to him. They listen. <laughs> <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, I'm not gonna front. I, I'm not gonna front. I think I stumbled on somebody told me about it, and I looked. I'm like, yo, how do I know about this? Mm-hmm. And it's just there's so many good ETFs out there. Yeah. Depending on again what you want to invest in, how you invest, what your risk tolerance is, um, and it just comes down to sticking to your plan and watching your plan matriculate into these shares and watching these shares matriculate into wealth. When you're going through your research stack, what will make you say this isn't a good company? to invest in like what are like three or four things you're looking at that would make you uh, stay away from it uh for me so before i even get to like the actual like fundamentals or technical i'm very big on critical thinking um mm-hmm. i think that critical thinking is not something that we're taught when we go to school raise your hand right write this essay do this you know you follow these directions people buy gas every day and never wonder why the gas price change you just go fill it up i think that i start asking questions how do they make money where they make money, who's their competition. Just from that, it's going to start to spurn questions. And the more questions I ask myself, I'm either going to get further away (laughs) from the the ETF or the stock, or I'm going to get closer and deeper into the research. And so when I start to ask those questions, well, who's in their lane? Like who could potentially stop them from getting money? Right. And then how do they make money? Where do they source their money? What's their strength? What's their weakness? That's going to let me know if I should delve deeper into the company. Case in point example, say IBM, right? Mm-hmm. IBM just restructured their business line. And they ha- people are going to get these stimulus checks eventually. They make a good source of laptops and consumer goods. What scared me initially was their comp- the competition in the cloud space. When you talk about jumping in the cloud space, you're like, yo, Google, Amazon, that's like the SEC. Like, it's not yeah. an easy game, mm-hmm. but <laughs> right, like, it's not. You're not looking. Yo, their competition is wild. Microsoft. Like, it's like, yo, you're not looking at like some chumps. You're looking at like, all right, well, we got Alabama all next weekend. Then we got LSU, and then we got Auburn. It's like, yo, there's no game where it's like, all right, we're gonna win this one. And so, but when you delve deeper, and uh, shout out to my man Jonathan, he had me delve deeper, and I, I'm like, oh, this makes sense because I can see this. Right. But my initial fear was you're competing with monsters, mm-hmm. even though you have a good pedigree from a competition standpoint. Can you make it to a bowl game? Let's just say mm. I don't know, but I like I like the fact that they have a good consumer goods line and that when people get their checks, they, they, have a, they stand a very good chance of making some money. So it changed my tune and it made me dig deeper. If that helps answer the question. OK. 
Yo, can, I, can we just do earnings really quickly? It's the nine o'clock hour. I know y'all gonna be like, that's crazy. It's nine o'clock. Wow, All right, so, so really quickly, um, uh, I'm just gonna give off the companies that we've spoken about before. Obviously, uh, PayPal reported today. Wayfair is gonna be reporting tomorrow morning. Shout out to Wayfair, they're still taking money from me uh, every month. <laughs> uh, Qualcomm reports Wednesday after, uh, after hours, Alibaba Thursday before, and uh, Thursday after, after hours, we got Square, Roku, and Peloton. Love all three of those, actually. Love all three of those. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then one real quick. One, uh, well, we were talking about Apple. Obviously, if anybody didn't hear, they have their One More Thing event um, to announce. Probably most people are speculating that it's going to be the new MacBook. Obviously, they made the announcement in June that they are no longer going to be using Intel chips. Um, the, and margins, they're be, the margins just keep <laughs> on getting sexier. <laughs> and so now they, they are going to be using the, their own Apple Silicon processor inside their, their MacBooks, which is uh, great news for them. I'm not sure how great it is for Intel. Um, they're trying to curve it by saying like, oh, Apple is only, they said the single digit percentage. I'm like single, but like that could be like 9%. Like that's a tell down a slow death. <laughs> like, yo, that's a big percentage of your business. And um, I don't know how you get that back. I don't, you don't get that back. Obviously. You don't. Obviously, uh, Apple, you, you don't get that back. You reprice, like, right? Like the market is going to reprice certain things. And we have to accept that. Like when, when COVID first happened, everybody's like, oh, you got to buy the hotel and the airline stocks because it's going to go up and buy, buy. And like, this COVID stocks, right? Like they, they reprice that. 60% of uh, airline sales was business sales. Mm-hmm. Businesses aren't sending people to flying mm-hmm. around anymore. Like that, they're going to do it, but you're, you're going to have to reprice those things. And so some of this, obviously, in the market, too, is the repricing of either asset classes or certain stocks or certain sectors that need to get revalued and kind of reassessed. And be like, all right, well, okay, what, what are we going to do? That's what you're seeing now with financials and industrials with the potential win of Biden. It's like, okay, we have to reassess this. Mm-hmm. We have to revalue where they're going to be at. Like what, like cat becomes maybe a monster in that space if everything breaks right for them. Yeah. And so when you start looking at your next play again, because you have premium companies and you're not sitting there watching DraftKings all day, hoping it goes up because you bought it at 45 and it's trading <laughs> at 35. But when you buy premium, you're able to see what your next play is. Right. Like, what are you sourcing? Like, what is what what are you looking at? Right, I'm very habitual in terms of like what I do every day. Like, I try to keep the same habit. I go to Starbucks every day at the same time. I get a haircut uh, seven o'clock at Wednesdays, every Wednesday, seven o'clock. Yeah. Like, but it helps my vision because a lot of times also I think people take in too much information. And it's all the information that you, that you take in is not applicable to you. It's generalized. So when you're watching CNBC and you're watching Bloomberg and they're talking about certain plays, it's not for you. <laughs> like when the market's going down and you're like, oh, and they're, they're talking about something, it may not be for you if you're a long-term investor. Um, and I think sometimes we have to figure out what our habits are. Mm-hmm. Like what's your base? Like a lot of times I think that people's base is, are, is basically built off of other people's homework. And uh, not their own. Oh, yes, say that. Say yes, that. Don't yes, let that. Yes, don't yes. let that go over your head. Don't let right. that go over your head. So, that's so the, say say that again. Say that again, please. Not, I think your people's base is built off of other people's homework and not their own work. So they just taking what somebody else tells them. Exactly. Using this Bible. And now, when stuff happens, you don't know how to move. Your base, your foundation of your house is important. Why? Because if there's a storm, you don't want your house to collapse. And that's what's happened to a lot of people right now. A lot of people from March to August made a lot of money because the stock market went straight up and they were using a cheat sheet from somebody else. We got a little bit of volatility 
and their house fell apart. <laughs> lost their shirt. Yeah, you know? were sitting there like a cartoon character. House just fell on top of your head. That's a fact. Because man. you didn't do your own homework. <laughs> yeah, people are gonna say do your own research and won't research anything. Oh, no, nah, it's a and fact, so, man. Like my, that's a fact. Like you have to come up with your own standpoint, right? Like for me, my whole thing of my base, right, is my work, my research that I do. And then my lens and my lens is comprised of the people that I trust their viewpoints. So there are people like Ian, right. That I trust that I'm like, all right, well, what about this? And he might give me a play. Yo, look at this. And I'm like, all right, bet. I'm gonna look at this. And I have a circle. And then the media outlets that I consume, that's another thing. I don't want to consume 12 million different things. I want to, it's just not enough time in the world. Yeah. I want to consume things that number one are easy to digest. And number two, that fit where my mind is at as far as competition wise. If you're not there yet, work your way there. Like mm-hmm. some stuff is gonna go over your head. I always tell Cass, I'm like, you'll start reading the lingo. So that way you get the offense because once you get the lingo, these articles make sense. But if you just jump into some high level stuff, then it's, it looks like alien handwriting. You're like, yo, I don't know what I'm reading. Like, I have no clue what this means. And that's gonna stagger your growth. And like the idea behind all this that we do, right? And everything like in terms of the conversation that Troy and Rashad started and, and, and Ian added on to, I'm just happy to add to the conversation, mm-hmm. like add my piece to the con- and keep the conversation progressing forward. But I can't do that, right? If I didn't do my homework, I can't hit these guys up with like, yo, what do you think? I'm hitting them up like, this is what I'm seeing. What are you saying? We're comparing notes. Yeah. I can't compare notes with a kid who came to class and he doesn't have a notebook. It's, it's a different conversation. And I think, yeah, I think we've talked so many times, like, yo, I'm like, yo, you seen this? You seen this? Yeah. And it's like, when you add value to a conversation, it's not uncomfortable. No. You know what I mean? Like, there was there was a time when people were like, yo, can we get in your group chat? But I'm like, yo, you can't sit at this Bring table if you're table. not bringing nothing to the table. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we we learning from each other. Like, so when Trap sends something, I'm like, yo, I got to look that up. Like, yeah. I ain't know that one. Yo, here's one that I'm looking at. You know what I'm saying? It's because I ain't sharp as I Like, but we really live in that. So, like, it's not for us to say, hey, come join our group chat. It's like everybody here to start your own. Start your own. You well, see what well, I'm saying? Well, Rashad put up, I bought, I meant it. I'm like, why would you get that one for free? <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, like, I he told you, he called me. He called, called me and him. said the same thing. I called him. I'm like, yo, fam, y'all bugging. Like, y'all <laughs> I'm, like, me, I'm like, listen, I get y'all trying to be nice, but y'all got to start that. Y'all upcharge or something. That's, <laughs> that's, that's too much information. Like, you're not understanding that you're getting this at a premium for free. And like I, like I said, last time I was here, the students make the school. The school uh-huh. doesn't make the students. And that's with anything. You know, like, like I said, Yale, Harvard, all your schools, right? Morgan State, Hampton. The students are what make them prestigious because yeah. the students go out and achieve. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at them and you go, okay, this dude's achieved this great worldly feat. Where'd he go to college? Oh, he went here. The college gets a, gets a lift. Right. Same thing as sports. Like, yo, if these cats decide to go to one school, the school, the schedule is different now. They play in prime times game. They swag is different. The coaches walk around campus different. <laughs> like that's what makes this. But in this scenario, the, the EYL students, Red Panda, they make the institution. So it's up to them to continue to move this conversation forward and get it to a higher level. And without that, you can't move because y'all can only give them so many free plays and so much free information and so much free game yeah. to the point where it's like, all right, well, what are we talk about now? We're going to be sitting here on, on YouTube staring at each other. We're going to have to wait till next Monday. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? And so those questions are important. What kind of questions you ask? Why are you asking questions? Those things are really important because maybe Ian wasn't checking for that. Yo, Ian, so, that's a good question. Yeah, somebody just you asked about AutoZone. I'm like, yeah. great company. Slept <laughs> on 
Yeah. AutoZone's over a thousand bucks. You wouldn't think so, but great company. Like it's if you guys do your research and do your homework, and the thing that we can't give you is the passion part. And yeah. also on the retail side, you know how intimidating it is for me, Rashad and Troy, to talk to him and Bonowin, and they're on the pro side. <laughs> It's like me coming to Jordan, be like, hey man, what you think of this double cross fadeaway? I'm like, <laughs> Yo, I'm either on the this move thing. is going to be effective or not. Like, if the step back isn't good, I yeah. can embarrass myself. So, like, put in that work consistently. And even where, like, where we're shot, like, you can see in episode 70, it wasn't to like midpoint where he was like, because it's so much BS on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's an expert, but you're staying in your auntie's basement, you're a guru. We right? <laughs> so we even with that, like I have to earn my spot every single week, especially with me cutting off the Zoom. That's what I'm like, <laughs> yeah. But my message to you is like research and put in the work and choose not to talk. And I'm gonna tell you guys seriously, you guys don't ask Troy enough. <laughs> <laughs> they don't though. Quiet killer. Silent, yo, silent assassin. Troy, Quiet Troy, killer. Troy is the dude that has seventeen, and you didn't realize he has seventeen <laughs> until into the game. You like, hold on, he had five threes. Troy, oh, no, this is a team player, man. Troy, Troy, Troy said <laughs> that this has officially become Cash Money Records. And I'm baby. <laughs> we had a conversation last night. And he's slim. I said, yo, bro, this is cash money, bro. Like you definitely have taken on the baby role, and I, I get to be slim. The quiet one was just kind of him. Yeah. <laughs> the public opinion yeah. is quickly turning against me. <laughs> they like this. Take his mic. Yeah, get, him get him off of here. He's but, too mean. I, let Ian, let Ian back in. Let Ian, like, <laughs> you crazy. keep cutting his mic off. <laughs> Yo, we let's, let's get to some let's, yeah, let's get, get to some, some people, questions. man. Shout out to all our earners in here, man. Y'all been great. Y'all been really great, really patient. I'm going um, to jump in real quick on a, on a smiley tip. I'm going to cut you off. Can you please tell us what research reports to look at on the retail side? Because I've got this question like 88 times in my DM, and this person will not stop texting me. Like, which, which like, places? Yes. See, it's, it's, I don't want to sound like wild arrogant, but it's different because I get the privatized stuff. So it's like drinking Perrier water compared to, like, the Poland Spring. Poland Spring is still good, though, but you know I'm going to eat those drinks. just tastes a little different. Um, I think, you know, honestly, yeah. Westchester kid. I think it's different. So, like, you have your regular sources, right? But you're going to have to pay up for research. Like, if you want good independent research, you're going to have to pay for it. Like, there's no, like, there's no independent research that's going to be free, that's going to be 100% fire, that's just, they give it out for free. It's usually going to be a guy that worked in the business for a while, that spun off, maybe did his own fund, and he has, like, a little podcast or kind of write-up stuff. And there's a guy, I forget his name. I'll find the links and I'll send it to, uh, send it to you. But uh, Ben Thompson from, like, Shatekery, like, that okay. dude's pretty good. Uh, he has like a little $10, $12 a month joint where he does like daily write-ups and different stuff. And it's good content. His podcast is free. He has some good content and stuff like that. But yeah, like it's hard to find. Like who's giving out free information to make money? Like if you like your cue, like I have a thousand dollars, only making a million. Like, all right, if I had to answer the question, I wouldn't be working. And then two, why would I give it to you for free? Like if there's something of value, it's going to cost money. Um, so most of it's going to be privatized. But I get access to the private research, which... It's not always the best. I like guess, you know, I mean, some guys are wrong. Like, you know, some analysts kind of guess and they have a differentiated point of view because everybody else is going left. They want to go right just in case, you know, it breaks one way. So um, I would say your own research, your thought process. How do you critically think? A lot of times it's the tea leaves. It's right in front of us. Mm-hmm. You don't need an analyst to tell you certain plays, right? And case in point, all right, if I look at where we're going in fintech, 
the PayPal's, the global payment, the Visa, the MasterCard, right? The Square. All right. So what could happen? Maybe Square or one of these companies actually buy a bank. They have higher valuations. Not saying that's going to happen, but hypothetically, hypothetically, if we're just throwing stuff in the wind, right? I look at that. Can anybody tell me a bank issued card that doesn't have Visa or MasterCard on it? A bank issued card, like a bank issued card, any bank. No, because they're grandfather monopolies. So even though MasterCard missed earnings because they didn't get the usual foreign transaction fees that they normally get and, and Visa maybe not doing as well or payments kind of get dragged down, right? It's still a space that's very valuable. Every day, these companies are fighting for your swipes. If you use your debit card every day, you're losing money because if you just have a 2% credit card, 2% and you know you're going to spend $20,000 on the year, that's $2,000 back for money you were supposed to spend. Money you were supposed to spend. If you have a credit card, you spend what you're supposed to spend. You do not go out there and buy no Gucci or Louis and stuff you can't afford. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but if you just take what you normally do, if you buy groceries, Amex has a 6% cash back grocery card. Mm-hmm. That is 6% on, on free money. That's vacation money. for That's, that's holiday gift cards. That's a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, They're fighting for it. They wouldn't be fighting for it if it wasn't valuable. I don't need an analyst to tell me that. I can just look around and look at that. That an analyst is only going to support my argument. Yes. <laughs> Get your credit up, man. Get that Amex. That's a fact. That's my supermarket card for Free sure. Game. Free game. <laughs> Yo, let's go to uh let's let's start here. Let's start here. Ricardo. Ricardo Grant, you've been unmuted. Unmute yourself. What's going on? Everybody like to post on YouTube, please. Ricardo, what's good? We hear you. What's good, bro? We hear you. What's going on, bro? All right, then, great. Checking in from Brooklyn. Yo, I want to say thank y'all, Troy, Rashad, Ian. Um, definitely appreciate all y'all and the guests tonight, man. A lot of great information is good for um our people, man. It's definitely needed. Appreciate um, you, brother. Thank you. Yeah, I just thank bought you, some man. assets over liabilities too, man. Oh, I love you, love yes, you, sir. man. You see, love, bro. You see, you know, Q got Q, Q you got, know, got, got three there. different yeah. flavors on, right? Yeah, 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 you know. That's the hottest clothing line out right now. <laughs> um, Ian, I got a question for you, man. Um, you know, I know you and Trap don't um agree like on the uh the court dollar cost averaging of buying, mm-hmm. but um, I just got a question. Um, you probably explained it already, but I just want to know like how you break down like a stock where you feel like the your buying point where you feel this is what the stock is worth. Like I know, you know, you look at the current assets, current liabilities, um, revenue. I just wanted to get like the whole gist of that. Um, first, I want to say, trap my guy. We talk almost every day, so surprise. It's like th- that we disagree. Um, I think Trap's position is what I would say, load the boat. I think Trap is just saying, hey, if it gets to this price, wait for it. Right, right. And load here, right? Great. I'll say if you don't have enough money. Mm-hmm. I don't want to dissuade anyone from not investing in the market because they, it hasn't dropped to that price. Because like, if you did that in 20, 2009, 2010, 2011, when my fellow Leo was in office, Barack Obama, you'd been had a, you would have had a hard time getting into some of those positions. So gotcha. I think some companies that if they're volatile, like Tesla, mm-hmm. she talked about Visa, MasterCard, credit card index, ADP, write that down, free giveaway. It's key. 
you can wait for a particular price, but if it's a good company, it's not going to move up and down 15% to 25%. Um, and then how do I analyze? I have a special set of things on my screen that tells me where <laughs> then like the algorithm will kick in. So like that crystal ball, you know, is on my, is on my screen, but buying 20% down is good. But if you go look historically, and this is where I want you to do the, the that homework. You said buying 20% down? Mm-hmm. Okay, I got you. But because, because if a house is 100000 it's not a deal if you buy it at 99000 It's only <laughs> great for the transaction. But everyone does it in stocks. So when Tesla was at 500 I was like, oh, man, I can get it at 505 I'm like, it's going to slow down. It's going to come down. The market always corrects. There is a book that Troy told you guys about that will give you the mathematical calculations month by month, but you missed it not listening to Troy. <laughs> quiet killer. The best executors are going to be quiet. So 20% down is good. And then if you go on a technical side, a couple of weeks ago, I told you about the price channel. You can add uh, that to your repertoire as well and know where to get in. You'll be hey, Ricardo, we, got, we, we, we need to see you at the book club on Sunday, man. Make sure you're there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We might have a special guest. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you. Great question. Let me let me just go over guidelines real quick. Yeah, um, that, that was a great question, Ricardo. Appreciate you and appreciate you on the merch. Um, so guidelines for EYL University members um, to ask questions. We ask if you would limit the question to one question and not like an investment question on an individual stock because it just takes too much time. But investment questions, like general investment questions, like Ricardo just asked something along those lines. And um, please do not ask for any Red Panda scholarships. I think the scholarships have been frozen, I believe. for the, Frozen. Um, Until December 24th, and I'll play uh, Santa Claus. So there you have it, ladies and Guidelines. Gentlemen. Guidelines. Sasha Brown, we coming to you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. What's going on, guys? How you doing? Going on? How are you? I'm here. I'm Where you from? I'm from Brooklyn. I called you guys a couple weeks ago. It's Brooklyn in the house without a doubt. Brooklyn is our biggest market in the entire world. So we love it. 5.9 million people in Brooklyn, man. Yeah, we we love Atlanta, but we can never forget BK. (laughs) What's your question? Um, I actually don't have a question. I've just been writing and researching and doing everything you guys have been um to blessing us with the information. I just um you Ian gave me a scholarship the other day. I can't even figure out how to get in there. <laughs> uh, my, my team will take care of it, but that's a good problem to have. I mean, <laughs> a lot of people would have been it's in a already. Wonderful problem. Mm-hmm. But I I you know I, I sent a few emails, but I know I know everybody's inbox is looking really crazy. Crazy. So well, we'll I've get been, you scored you know, away tonight. Being patient, but I'm just trying to figure out how I log in or you know where I go. Um, well, if you can answer a question for me, I'll be sure to get my team on it. What's the number thing, number one thing you're struggling with when it comes to investing? Um, I've been working on it. Just I'm I'm a risk taker. You know, I I, I throw the money in the pot and I let it grow. So I kind of it's been up, it's been down. So I'm just more focusing on um, exit strategy, learning to come in with an exit strategy to determine when I want to pull out, where you know what percentage I want to hit, or what's the goal. Are you trading or are you investing? I'm investing, but I also, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, what are you investing in? Um, well, not, not a lot. Cause you might, you told me to scale back. So I got rid of this, the silly things that I threw my money in. Um, I'm just like, I'm in Apple, Microsoft, Disney, Tesla, Best Buy, 
Um, you got a good ETF going. Q Rashad Trey, what you think? That's enough. That's yeah, enough. Yeah. What you? Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. Good. You're good. I don't want to oversaturate. Yeah. We spoke about that before, right? Yeah, yeah that's what you told me before. Yeah. So I've been trying to like, you know, just figure out what's what I think is going to work for me long term, and just invest in that monthly. And you got so, Best Buy. Yeah, I got Best Buy when it was Ooh. dirt cheap, <laughs> dirt cheap, like seventy, sixty dollars. I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, I used to work there, so I already know like they uh-huh. they're gonna take over the game because they their whole plan is just to focus on smart home and actually having people to come to the house to to help you build your smart home. And that's why I was talking in the chat and I was telling somebody like Apple, Apple's about to kill the game too. They know that the phone industry is kind of stagnant now, but they're they're getting into the smart home and that home pod is gonna be like Sounds like you've done your research. Yo, shout, yo, Sasha, I should be texting you. That's great. Yeah. That home out to the Geek Squad at Best Buy. Best Buy is a sleeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best no, Buy Best, Buy, Best Buy is a great company. That's a great one. Yeah. Appreciate you, Sasha. Thanks, man. So I'll be looking out for the email. <laughs> I got you. I appreciate you. <laughs> oh, New York. Brooklyn, we love Brooklyn, it. Brooklyn, keep on taking it. Brooklyn. <laughs> Brooklyn, keep on taking it. Man. All right, let's see. I'm going to go to a new name. I'm going to go to a new name. That was a gem. Uh, uh, let's see. Is that Tedrick? Tedrick, we coming to you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. Yo, what's going on, man? I made it, finally. That's a fact, man. <laughs> what you. How you doing? Where are you from? I'm from Miami, man, but uh, I live in Atlanta. I've uh, been here about eight years. Shout out to Shout Atlanta. Shout out to ATL, Shout man. Shout out to Miami, man. Yeah, man, I seen y'all going up. Y'all had the, the forums out this week. <laughs> <laughs> No, that wasn't us. Shout out, shout out to the boys out there. I see my brother uh, Neo just bought a Lamborghini. Yeah, yeah, that was he mean. bought a Lamborghini with zero miles on it. <laughs> they, <laughs> they doing something different in Atlanta. I'm yeah. not sure exactly what's going on out there, but inspired. Shout out to Alex. <laughs> something in the water. Shout out to Gooch. Shout out to him. Five hundred. Shout nah. out to Mister and Mrs. Two weeks out. They got something. They, 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 they going crazy. Praying money with machines in Atlanta. They going silly out yeah, there. Yeah, I hope it's in the water, man. I need to drink some. <laughs> but um, uh, my question was more about fundamentals. I'm new to this, but um, I'm looking into a lot of trading um ETFs and index funds. And um, when I'm researching um a lot of ETFs, um, I'm seeing uh a common you know phrase and terminology we you guys speak of, and I'm seeing expense ratio. So yep. I wanted to ask you guys how important is expense ratio to ETFs and like. Is there like a number you should look at that should be you should be comfortable with, or like just can you guys expand on that? That's a great question. Q fire away. All right. So the expense ratio is basically how much it costs to run the portfolio, right? The passive one where they're not doing a lot of trading is going to keep that cost really low. An active manager should be somewhere between 0.5 and 0.75. So if you look at like an arc, they're within that range because they're actively moving stuff around. Now it depends on what you're getting too. Like what's in that portfolio. Maybe the expense ratio makes sense because I'm getting such quality. Sometimes it doesn't make sense and you can find a cheaper alternative that maybe doesn't have the same names exactly, but maybe one or two are missing. Um, but it's more to your personal preference. Like to me, I'll pay up for premium. Like to me, like I, for example, like I'd rather travel first class than economy. I, I pay up for the experience. So the same thing with, with ETFs. If it's a quality ETF, I'll pay the extra expense ratio and not have a problem with it because I feel like I'm getting great quality when I'm doing. Like I said, it's buying me time. That quality I get does allows me not to look at that ETF and look for my next pivot. And I'm always hitting in. I'm like, yo, Costco, Walmart, those are my, like my pivots. I'm like, oh, I love this and love that. So I think if you think about it, you're buying time, right? And if it's a passive investment, then go Vanguard because it's low. 
But if you're looking for something more active, there's ARC and other things. What is your price point in terms of ETFs? Like, what do you want to do? Um, right now, um, I'm looking, I'm more and more on the passive side, looking more long-term. Okay. Um, I uh, bought Cloud, just shares of that. That was my first actual trade. Like I mentioned, I'm new to it. Okay. But, um, uh, I have a 20, a 23 option call for XOK. Um, yeah, kudos to you guys. Um, I'm in SMH um, and things like that. But my price point, I don't want to pay premium that's over about, you know, 2000 in that range. So I just wanted to, you know, keep it around there. And then premium, and I'm talking about the uh, just the actual uh, strike price and just oh, paying. Okay. Options. So, yeah, I'm strictly options. I don't really no, do options. Yeah, straight options. Okay, okay, okay. So I, I'm going to ask you a question, and, and I, I kind of know the answer, but maybe so when you when you say like Arc is an active uh, ETF, things are moving around. So when they look at the the fund, right, and there's 40 different things in there. When you say moving around, could like uh, a TSM that's like in the 20s, that could be moving up on that list year to year? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, they, they're trading constantly, right? They're mm -hmm. looking for the best asset allocation. So they're going to make a lot of trades and they'll tell you in the perspectives how they trade. Mm -hmm. Like if you pull up, if you just pull up ARC, you pull up iShares, you pull up Invesco, you pull up Vanguard, they're going to give you the perspectives. They're going to give you the fund manager. They're going to give you the performance. That's kind of for you to go in there and look and see, okay, is this a strategy that I agree with? Are the assets in there worth what I think they're worth? And should I be paying this expense ratio? Like I said, Ian always says, go to Vanguard, right? Because you can automate. You don't got to think about it. And it's, it's low fees, right? And that's easy. You're overthinking it by doing anything else unless you want to kind of get your hands dirty and you want to do the research from the perspective and holding side. Troy, can you tell them the book? Because they've asked the book. We... Which book? The I, well, I said the the stock trade. Replay it. <laughs> yeah, the stock trade is Almanac. Uh, I was using that. Um, but when I said the book club, we're doing Money Master of the Game yeah. right now with our book club at EYL University. And the book club, the good thing about that is that it's one thing to read a book, but it's like when you actually, it's like being in school, when you actually sit down with other people that read it. It's crazy. It's a whole different understanding because I might have read something and I, I might not have fully understood what I read or like you might've read it and got a completely different understanding. So Bro. there's power in- um, The power's in the numbers, man. Yeah, there's power it's in crazy. numbers and there's power in, in congregation. Yeah. Um, that's a, I'm glad you used that word because that's what it feels like in there, man. It's like 300, we had over 400 people in there and it's like, you're getting perspectives that, yo, I, I read that page, I know the exact quote, I didn't even see it like that. And so like, that's what the beauty of it is really, man. You're getting perspectives from a bunch of people all with the common knowledge, like, yo, we're trying to learn. It's yeah, dope. Yeah. So, yeah. One of the added benefits of being an EYL University member. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mr. William Taylor, we're coming to you. Unmute yourself. Oh, he's not even available. Nah, he's gone. He's out of here. Uh, Alicia Singleton, we're coming to you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. Oh, oh, fridge break. Oh, damn, damn. Quantum slipping. Yeah, got you, got you slipping. All right, I'm just going to. Jerry Ingram, we coming to you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. Jerry, quick. <laughs> yo, yo. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry's quick. Jerry was quick. Jerry, what's good, brother? He's like, yes, it's like the price is right. Come on down. <laughs> yeah. Um, My God, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I appreciate the talks I'll be having with Ian. Um, that, that That's just real because it feels like there's like a lot of people like they're so like high up that they don't really care about the little guy, but Ian's legit. So I appreciate that. There's no such thing as a little person. We're all equal. Yeah. 
Um, but I want to start off with saying thank you to thank you for everything that you guys are doing. Um, dang, I get nervous. But my question <laughs> is, um, with this whole well, two things: the clubhouse thing and like these Birkin bags. From a marketing perspective, I wanted to get your guys' take on that. On, on what? What'd you say? On both clubhouse, like clubhouse. being like exclusive, everybody's trying to get in, and not everybody's talking about getting like a Birkin bag. Clubhouse. Uh, Clubhouse is yeah, Rashad. You want to die? We need to have some marketing comment. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I want. I got to be careful how I answer this question. Um, yep. Clubhouse is a very um, <laughs> it's a very hot app right now. I think we're going to do a Clubhouse room for Market Mondays, I believe, right Ian? Yeah. Um, and it's a it's, it's a great tool to um, network with people and to share different ideas and to gain information. Have you been on that yet, Q? No, no. Uh, I think I just got my little approval joint. So I think <laughs> I might be, I might be on this. They, they got to invite you. Yeah. 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 yeah I, got, I got a little, some, I'm working on something. Okay. Top secret. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Clubhouse is, um, it's definitely, I, I, I have been on for a few months, but I just started getting active like last week and I, we did our first EYO room. Ian was in there. Wall Street Trapper was in there. Him 500 was in there. Neil Davis was in here. Uh, we had everybody. Spurgo. Spurgo was in there. Um, Mickey Fax was in there. Alex. Alex Good Energy was in. Oh man, it was it was crazy. So, um, yeah, I mean it's dope. It's dope. It's, I see Meek Mill was in there last week. Shout out to Meek. Man, it's a lot. It's a lot of creatives in there sharing information and um, giving out game. So if you if you are able to get in, it's definitely you definitely can get some value for sure. Ian, what you what do you think about it? I think it's amazing. Anytime you have something that's exclusive, people want to be a part of it. And then same thing in Facebook in 2005 when it was only college students. That was great. Um, so it's at that infancy stage where it's very popular. Same thing with the Birkin. Like the Birkin thing, I know that was a hot topic last week. Um, and a lot of those rappers are being paid to have those conversations too. So, And the secondary market all for the Birkin is insane as well. Um <laughs> You know, I mean, it's great from a business perspective. Well, from a visual standpoint, I think it is a staple piece. I don't think the bag is absolutely amazing for the price. Um, but from a marketing perspective, anytime that you have something that is high priced and you get uh, celebs that have status talking behind it, I mean, same thing happened with Louboutin and Rolls Royce did placements and rap videos for years and so did Bentley. Like it's a tried and true luxury marketing strategy. So. It's working. Yeah. We, I mean, but, I mean, we we also have, we have to be careful about appreciate you, Jerry. These applications also because um, we we build up these applications, yeah, and they um they get billion dollar valuations, yeah, and we get we get uh, equity, we get, we get followers. I, I have a term. <laughs> I have a term I use that uh, people look for social equity. So social equity is kind of like your my player rating, like based on how you view me. What I have on, how I talk, how I carry myself, you kind of give me a, a stat in your mind. Well, Q was an 85. If he did this, he'll get to 90. And right. so people do a lot of things for social equity, but it's not a real thing. It's kind of Fagazi. And yeah. so we build these brands up because people are chasing that level of social equity that doesn't exist the same way as your my player doesn't exist. It's like a video game. Like, you know, it's cool, but like it's not anything that's any tangible kind of goal to it. So somebody hit me up. I had a conversation with somebody the other day. There's a black owned situation, kind of similar that they're building out. I can't really speak on it because I don't know if they want me to speak on it, but hopefully it comes to fruition. I would love to support that. I would love to, you know, because at some eventually 
we're gonna have to create something for ourselves eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's just that's we just the reality of it. It's like we don't own YouTube, we don't own um Facebook, we don't own Twitter, we don't own TikTok. Um eventually we're gonna have to own something. Yeah. Yeah. And create something. Yeah. 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 Q, well, what's the best piece of advice you ever received on investing while we wait for the next person to come up? Um, I'm trying to think. I've, I've received a lot of good advice. Um, the one thing that sticks out to me, and I don't know if it's advice more than saying, is that um, you are the CEO of your life. And so, like, you have to run your life accordingly. And that goes, like, with everything that you do, like, it's your balance sheet, right? Like when you look at a company's balance sheet, I look at you and your balance sheet. What do you invest in? What's your assets versus your liabilities? And I've learned to kind of run my life like I'm my own CEO. And I think about it, I go, okay, would I invest money in me? Mm-hmm. Like if I was a company and I was a CEO of the company, would you like, I want to invest in Q. Like I'll give Q my money because I believe in him. So I think the best advice obviously is to, is to have conviction. Because when you buy something, you want to have conviction. You want to believe in it. You, you don't want to believe in it so hard. You won't get off of your high horse to say you're wrong if, if it goes the wrong way. But the biggest thing I would say is that the lesson of like, you are the CEO of your life. Um, and then a mantra I live by is you are the architect of your legacy. Mm. And that's a mantra that I live by that I kind of made up from learning all these things about investing and being around people and being around different minds is that, you know, like when you're not here, people are going to talk about you how they feel. So I might be in your face. Yo, my brother, what's going on? Then when you're not here, y'all never liked him anyway, man. He got my nerves. And it's like people are going to be based on your legacy, how you treat people, how you make them feel, how you present yourself to them, how you act. So everything that you do in life has something to do with your legacy. And it kind of runs back to like you are the CEO of your life. Mm-hmm. And so those decisions matter. Like if when Netflix raises the price $1, that kind of matters. And all these things every day, these small little nuances build up your legacy because legacy has nothing to do with how much money you have. Rich people die every day. Legacy has to do with how you touch people, right? And if my investment ideas or if my investment in Acumen can help somebody and 20 years from now, they help somebody else and help somebody else. That's how I stay alive. And that's how you keep a legacy alive. And that's why we still talk about Martin Luther King mm-hmm. and Malcolm X and Rosa Parks, right? And all those names because they're legacy. They weren't like rich people. And so the idea behind it is that I'm the CEO of what I do. So I have to run my life like a CEO. I have to run my, my retail investing, right? I run that like an institution. Yeah. I'm the CEO of the institution. I, I, I oversee everything. So I'm responsible for all the investments. And I'm responsible with the information I get about and how I talk to people and the relationships I build outside of that to help me get better at what I'm doing. And it all ties into me being the architect of my legacy. And I want to protect that. And so that's the, kind of the best overall advice, stock market and life. There you that's have fair. it. A couple that's more. A Let's get a couple more. Junior. Couple more questions Junior today. Lawrence, you've been unmuted. Thank you for being patient. Unmute yourself. What's going on? Hey, what's going on? What's going on, fellas? What's going on? Where are you from? Okay. Brooklyn. Yo, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Right. Brooklyn, Brooklyn is on. They only broke your chat. Yeah, they they well, thugged it out, man. Chat. Took it oh, over. Okay. They took it over. Now, or, originally, originally though, I'm from I'm from Guyana, South America, but I've been I've been living in Brooklyn now for the past sixteen years. Oh, gee, bro, what's up? What's going on? So, I'm brand new. I'm I'm new to investing. I want to just thank you guys, though, because I found you guys through a mutual friend, and um, he told me, yo, check out this guy, EYL. So I found you on Instagram, and then I looked, and I found you guys on, on YouTube, and I saw the Market Mondays, 
and I had to join the EYL University, and you know I kept following. Right, so my my question to you, I know it's no don't have no direct questions about stacks and stuff, but I just want to thank you guys for for all that you're doing, all that you're doing for everybody for the culture. And my question is to to Ian. Let's say I'm throwing another scenario, right? Uh-huh. Let's say I come up with thirty thousand, right? Not twenty thousand. No, and that's a real number, right? I have. I'm looking to invest long term. I have three daughters. I want to invest that money for them because with me, I feel like I'm good. I'm 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 32. I'm good. I want to invest that money and put that money away for them. Where should I allocate that money? You want safety? Yes. Index funds. My answer on that is not going to change. I'm going to let Q, Trey, and Rashad chime in, but you don't want to gamble with your kids' future. Um, and the, the great thing about so when you guys are looking at the ETFs and looking at the top holdings, ETFs and indexes are similar. It's so it's nothing so easy. Like right, <laughs> like, when you look at it, and why I like the satellite theory is just for that reason. There's a billion stocks, right? You don't you get overwhelmed. Like what do I look at? The ETF or index smallens your lens mm-hmm. and it says, okay, look at these things. Because if I'm already invested in them and I'm already getting a broad line of exposure, one, I'm taking some of that risk off the table because I'm getting exposure to different company sectors and risk levels. So I'm good there. I'm getting quality companies. So I'm good there. And then when it's time for me to invest in stock, I already have a watch list because I'm watching what's performing. <laughs> okay. Because if a company performs really well, you know what the manager's going to do. He's going to move the allocation up. And then what we saw prior, right, when I came on here before and I told you, fund managers were moving money into cyclical and undervalued names, a.k.a. financials, industrials, home building, things of that nature, because tech had ran up so much, it threw the portfolio off and that you had some portfolios that maybe started at 12% Apple and ran to 18% because it's tripled over the period of time. They had to shave that 6% off. It went to where? Right. It went to the value. So if you're watching that, you could have caught some of that invested early and then caught that spike because you saw the fund managers moving that. So it actually gives you a predetermined watch list on top of broadline exposure. I mean, it hits on top of the head. Yeah, I think um, tech, 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 tech is um, definitely something that I would recommend, especially for somebody for children, because it's only going up from here, whether it's ETS, whether it's mutual fund, whether it's individual stocks, whether it's the NASDAQ, QQQ, whatever tech 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 and you the same place like you can do you can invest in regular stocks you can invest in etfs you can invest in options um the thing about options of course like we said last week with bono when he's been doing options since 2000 i think seven or five something like that for a long time and um you know of course we know long-term options you know give you the best hedge but you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket right and it's difficult for people to give advice. Like if you if you just started investing in options, which a lot of people just started investing in options this year, right? How can you tell somebody to, to, to only do two-year options when you haven't invested in options for two years? Yeah. You don't really know how it's gonna you don't know. <laughs> Ultimately, right? It's like you're 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 making an educated guess, but you you yourself don't know. Yeah. If you have if you yourself hasn't actually ran around, like Maurice Claret, shout out to my man Maurice Claret. 
legend, Ohio State legend. He's like, I got to run the route first. Everything he talks in football terms. <laughs> if, if you yourself has, have not run the route, how can you tell somebody else to get in there? It's going to be difficult. Yes. You got you to run. And no matter like how somebody teaches you, the best lesson is self-education. Like you got to go through it yourself. Yeah. Uh-huh. So just be careful because you can lose your shirt. Don't lose your shirt. And you might not have enough money to recover. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go really quickly because I'm, I'm, I'm going to like, piggyback on what y'all said. Like I when I come and shout out to shout out to Chris, um, one of our earners, and shout out to Pete. I think Pete um actually put up how he invests. But like I, I come up, my strategy is real simple, man. I want to build a, a foundation, and so I, I I use my table strategy, man. My tables have to have legs, and my my legs are my ETF. So I start there. Once I have a strong table, then I can build on top of that table. So like that's just how I do it. Whether it's individual stocks, anything else can be on top of the table. But if I don't have a strong foundation in investing, it's going to crumble. Yeah. Your, your foundation has to be long term. I'm in a futures market every day. You guys rarely hear me talking about it here. Why? Because most people don't want to be good at trading. You want the money from trading. You don't want the process of being good at trading options and futures. And they're still short term. Start with long term investing first. It's not fun. Index fund is not the most glamorous name. But if you start there, you will look back in six years and opposed to drawing down 95% of your You'll be up 80, 90% and you'll be happy. And like Troy said, the trading is like the stuff on top of the table. The foundation has to be the indexes. They have to be in tech. Appreciate you, Jerry. One more. Let's go one more. One more. Maurice, but he's, he's, I, I, I was talking to Maurice. I'm like, yo, put me on. He's like, I, I got to run the route first. <laughs> I, run the, I can't put you on until I run the route first. Uh, I mean, hopefully I get to start. Geraldine, you've been unmuted. Unmute yourself. Dang, it's Carolyn. Oh, damn, Carolyn. I was, you know what? I was on the street too. No, I was on the street. My fault, bro. Where, where you from, man? Uh, I'm from Louisiana, Baton Rouge, born and raised. Uh, I live, I live in Atlanta now too, though. So, Atlanta, uh, Atlanta, 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 and Brooklyn is all is all we have for today. That's it. What's up, brother? Yeah, man. But I just had a question. I opened uh, two accounts for my kids. Uh, one for my son. One for my daughter. Um, I'm just trying to figure out how should I be, how heavy should I be putting my money into their accounts right now for them? You know, I have one for me, but I'm, I, I really want theirs to be, uh, you know, great. So I was trying to figure out how, how should I be putting it into their account? Let me, I, I'll let everybody, but my personal, as you know, what I tell people is like, it's like being on an airplane, right? Like, I don't know how much you have saved for yourself, but you have to secure your own seatbelt before you can secure somebody else. So for me personally, I love my son. I think everybody loves their children, but right. I, I got to make sure that I'm good first. Like that's yeah. I'm my, I'm my first priority. Cause I know if I'm good, he's going to be good by default. Yeah. I'm not, I can't worry about my kid until I worry about myself first. Yeah. He, Cause if, if he's good and I'm not good, what's going to end up happening is I'm going to take his money. Yep. No, I've seen it happen before. <laughs> no, I, no, I've, no, I've seen it. No, I've seen it happen. Yeah. You, you, you open up a 529 for your, for your kid. You don't have any, you don't, you don't have enough save for yourself. You go through hard times. You take your kids 529 money. Yeah. No, I, I thought you were talking about another story that we encountered, but go ahead. No, it's all kinds of stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So first, my first thing as an advisor is make sure that you're good. As far as your short-term play, your, your midterm, your retirement, make sure you got money coming in on a consistent basis and you you have a a, 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 set, a set trajectory of this is where I'm going to be. 
And then from there, it's, you know, whatever you can afford to put in is really no set amount because everybody's situation is different. Whether it's a hundred dollars a month, whether it's $500 a month, whether it's a thousand dollars a month is the good thing is that you can always increase it over the course of time. So starting with something is better than nothing. And like all things, like you start and you just see how it affects you. Mm-hmm. Like, so if you're putting away a hundred dollars a month for your kid, you see how it affects you. And then if that's comfortable for you, after a couple months, you could put 200, you can put, you know, you can always kind of raise it. But me, I always like to start at a level that you can do because it's like, it's like going on a diet. You don't want to start a diet and then have to like cut back. Yeah. So you don't want to start with 500 a month and then realize that's too much and then cut back. Psychologically, that takes a toll on you. It's better to go up than have to go down. So yeah, that's, that's my take on it. Caroline, I'm, I'm going to just let you in on a secret. That's my financial advisor. So <laughs> Whatever he says, that's what I do. <laughs> Appreciate you. And, and Lashery, I saw that two two five. I said five oh four. That was New Orleans. We gotta make sure that Baton Rouge is represented. Two two five. Shout out to y'all. Yeah. Appreciate you. Shout out to Baton Rouge. And it's good to just start early. Um, what I did for Xander, I increased them out every year. So if you have a fear if if it's not gonna work out, like I would increase every single year, like Rashad said. And then once you are in year four. You're going to be so excited to put that money in. But yes, you do have to take care of yourself. First. And I want to tell all my parents, love yourself enough to invest in you. Because a lot of the times kids won't listen because they can feel that you don't love you. And you can't force what you wish you knew at 10 on them now. Because kids are looking at what you have applied in your life. Mm-hmm. Not the knowledge base. Like Xander listens to me about money because when I, he asks me for money, I don't say no because I have it. It's different when you're just trying to teach a kid something and that result is not there. Even young kids, like the reason why I give out cash to kids first, especially in the hood, because they're not going to listen unless you give them anything. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to hear any theory about why you should get off the block and, man, you only going to end up dead or in jail. They don't want to yeah. hear that. Send no, we, we, we ain't selling <laughs> them no dream. Don't sell them no dream. Yeah. Just show them yeah. the cream. You have to. You have <laughs> Got to do it. Yeah, but definitely make sure you can. If, if you can save for your children, it's very important to save for your children. There's a variety of different ways. You can do a Roth IRA. You can do insurance. You can do a 529 plan. You can do a custodial account. So I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to discourage anybody from saving for their children. But I just I think that's important to just, you know, make sure that we have our own financial base first before we you know before we start to do that. Mr. S&P looking tough for Biden, boy. <laughs> Is it tonight? It's at 3324. So let's do this. Let's do this because we almost had two hours. Let's let's do let's do a prediction. Let's let's end the show like this. All right. Let's do a prediction of what of what we think. This is just oh, this is just our opinion. Are you gonna read yours? No, I'm gonna do yeah, I'll do mine. Um <laughs> yo, if he reads it, I'm gonna die. We're gonna be here till 1030. <laughs> that man dropped a nut. You should be a writer though. Yeah, he should he, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I want to try to I read have this. A, I have a graphic, I have a, 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 a expansive uh Imagination. My man wrote House of Cards new season. I was like, I saw that that hour later. I said, yo, what? What kind of prediction is this? So so who wants to start? Um, I will start. I will predict. This is my prediction. I I think um I think we'll know by tomorrow night who the president's gonna be. I think um once Pennsylvania comes in and the numbers are looking heavily in the favor of Joe Biden, I, I think. I think it's done tomorrow. So you think you think tomorrow Joe Biden's gonna be I think tomorrow I think Wednesday morning, we'll wake up and Joe Biden is going to be the president. Ian, what do you what do you think? I have uh, I've been saying this all week. Biden, that popular vote based on my calculations, the electoral I am afraid of. 
So you think that the electoral college will go for um, Trump? Trump's going to win? I think there's going to be Two times some. in a row? If Two times in a row? I, 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 he has the popular vote. So I only base it on data. So before I got into investing, yeah, I wasn't smart enough to pass MCAT, but I was pre-med. So I always do research and based on what my data is telling me, like he has the popular vote, but I'm very concerned about what the electoral college. Yeah. So like those, those swing states, Minnesota, Michigan, Ohio, and uh, Ohio, about Texas. I, I think Carolina. it's, uh, yeah, Florida. Some, there's something I don't, don't quote me, but it's like, no president that hasn't won Ohio. You have to win Ohio, Ohio winning Ohio yeah, since like 1976. Yeah, yeah. I think it's 1976. Like there's been no president to not win Ohio and win the presidency. Uh -huh. Ohio, um, Ohio's big, Pennsylvania's Trump, Trump big. Trump is up in Ohio, I think right now, I believe, right? So, no, no. He's losing in Ohio? Yeah, and Pennsylvania too. What do you predict, you? Um, if I'm gonna predict something, I'm gonna say we're gonna know, I'm gonna go with Biden either Friday or Monday. Monday, I think, yeah. I think because one thing about the Pennsylvania thing is, it's like they can't start the vote count until till, that day. tomorrow. And it's like, you think about how much to do, it's like 2.4 million votes or whatever yeah. it is. Like you're not getting through that number. But they always do the project. Like when they get like 70%, yeah, they're just, like, you're not getting through that know, they're number. Not the exact and number. you have a guy that you don't, again, you have a guy <laughs> that you don't know what he's gonna do. Yo, he might be on some wild stuff. So I'm gonna say Biden Friday, Monday, the latest. I just, again, from what, not even numbers, I just think that big money is like, yo, we need somebody who can shake hands overseas and keep these relationships going. Um, not to get off track, but, you know, China for a while was colonizing Africa. And if they make stuff for dirt cheap, what were they paying the Africans? Africans have now started to kick China out of Africa and regain it. So we got kind of lucky there. I, uh, India and China are kind of beefing. So there's a lot of opportunity to take back some global market shit that we lost over the last four years. And I think that Biden, not that he's the best candidate, but I think he does the best job of shaking hands and smiling. So Biden by Friday or Monday. Okay. All right. You ready? Oh, man. Yeah, he's going to read it. <laughs> yeah, he's going to read it. got Warren House of cards. Yeah. <laughs> I, I came up with this in my brain. So I feel like, um, I feel like Trump, Trump will on Tuesday, it's going to be too close to call. By Thursday, they're going to call it for Joe Biden. At that point, Trump will um, contest the election and it'll go on for several weeks. It'll go to the Supreme Court. He'll lose the Supreme Court and then he'll go on national television and he'll say that the whole thing was rigged. His, um, his core supporters, he'll urge them to take the streets. They'll go to the streets. <laughs> they'll have caravans. They'll be, they'll be marching. It'll be a big thing. Um, then the military will have to come in in an unprecedented move. I think the, um, the house is going to have to, uh, remove him before January because it's just going to be too volatile, the too volatile situation. And then that's going to cause even more problems. And then, um, it's going to be even more like mass protests in the streets. And, um, he's not going to go, he's going to have to be removed forcefully. And then a brutal, um, cold streak will hit around late December and that'll put an end to it. And um, that's how it all plays out. And, know, and 2020 will officially end with a bang. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna front, like, that movie sounds fire. Like, yo, regardless if it's a Netflix movie or a Hulu movie, yo, count me in for an hour and a half. That's a fire movie, yo. When he put that and, and, and then it'll be New Year's. I'm like, what? That happens yeah. in the next six weeks? That's a fire movie. That's yo, starring Lee, Liam Neeson. Starring Liam Neeson. <laughs> yo, that's Man. a crazy movie. 
if all yo, if all that happens, bro. Yo, if all that happens, I'm out. It's documented on Market Monday. Y'all yeah, heard it here. Y'all yeah, heard, yeah, heard it here. Yeah. You heard it here, man. Yo, That's I mean, crazy. Netflix. I want that. I want a serious exclusive, Netflix. exclusive deal. Let's work something out. Well, so, whoever you vote for, just make sure you go out and vote, man. Do your civil liberty, man. I, I think it's a record number already of early early uh, yeah. absentee ballots that have been submitted. I think ninety three million. It's record breaking. So, yeah, yeah. Over yeah. that's almost almost seventy percent of what we actually had in in two thousand sixteen. I think it was like one sixty six. So, I mean, this is record breaking already. Let's see what people do tomorrow, man. So yeah. get out early. I know the lines will be long, but be patient, man. Um, and uh, do your civil liberty. Who I, I, it don't matter who you vote for. Just get out and do it. There you have it. Q, I appreciate you, brother, I man. Like, we used y'all. to have these My conversations guy. just working out. So I'm glad that, you know, the whole world gets to um, gets to, you know, tap in with you. And, and uh, they're going to be hitting your Instagram crazy. Yeah, they know where to oh, find I'm you now, man. Swarm, Anybody man. who reached out to me, you know I hit back, man. Come to me with questions. Come whoever you got. You know I'm here. I'm here to have the conversation. Like I said, it's yeah. always a humbling thing. To be around my be around my brothers and be able to have this conversation get pushed forward. So I'm here for the culture, man. Yeah, they be hitting us up. They yeah. like, yo, how how do I get in contact with you? Yeah. <laughs> Just hit me, hit me on the gram. I get back to you. I got you. That's it. Ian, what's your what's what's the good word? Um, I love you guys so much. Thank you for supporting every single week for all those of you that showed me love. Uh, this week when I was going through the hard time with my friend, I appreciate it. My Democrats, um, vote and get off the streets in case there is added pressure civilly on the streets read between the lines of what i'm saying vote and get off the streets um and call someone you love um and for those of you that are new if you're intimidated by investing just please go replay follow that plan that i gave you long-term invest first then swing trade then day trade and you'll be a-okay so i love you guys uh so much what's your ig um, uh, Janet put it in. She, she put it in. Shout out to Janet. On, uh, she, she in the user. She, put, she already got you in there, bro. Uh, Janet on it. Yeah, Janet's in there. She's like, there it is. She's sending it every two seconds. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> this will be re- replayed on YouTube, but then also Market Mondays. It will be on 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. All, all podcast outlets, wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple. Um, so make sure you check that Let's out. Go run Download. those numbers up. Tell a friend to tell a friend. We'll be back next Monday. Um, let us know, um, you know, different topics that you want to hear. We're definitely going to bring Q back sometime, you know, hopefully in the near future. He's right. He lives down the street. So <laughs> yeah, right down the block. We're going to snatch him up. At any they called you Rashad Singleton. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs>
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.